Middle call. Hey, B. Hey. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Haberman and Middle Call. I'm Guy. That's John. We hope you all had a uh, great Thanksgiving. We are live on YouTube. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Coming to you in uh, your podcast feed at your leisure. Happy Hanukkah. Right around the corner. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Let's let's yep. dial in. This is a big uh, December. Weight gain in season, John. Big time. <laughs> big Wake time. season. By the way, uh, as we record this, the uh, the Raiders, some, some, some are calling uh, this Raiders postgame live. Uh, some. Not us, just some. Uh, Raiders uh, overtime went over the Seahawks. And that means, John, that the uh, 49ers are solo position of first place. There you see a photo if you're watching the uh, video of Jimmy Garoppolo. Pointing up to first place? doing Pointing up to first place, single finger in the air. Doing his best, Kenny Stabler. Uh, just go deep. Wasn't that the, was that the quote? Just go deep. Uh, go deep, baby. Go go deep, baby. Go, just go deep, baby. Uh, go deep, baby. Win, win, win city. Win city, John. Win city. I mean, when you're four and seven, you're win city, baby. Patting that, win city. Win city. It's a big week for Mark Davis, man. Wins, walk off, eighty plus yard run, which was sweet. He had two hundred twenty yards. He's having a fantastic season. Long way. Remember Josh McDaniels made him play in the first preseason game? Yeah. It was <laughs> so, like, well, <laughs> he had a good run with the Raiders. I was going to get cut. And he's, you know, carried the team. Uh, Mark Davis, is that a back-to-back wins, guy? Back-to-back walk-off wins in overtime. Wow. Now he's hosting the, the future playoff Trojans. Potentially Kyle Whittingham's going to have something to say about it. But that's, I mean, a fantastic – a lot of people are paying attention to that Pac-12 uh, – game for the first time you know it has playoff implications major playoff implications usc wins they go to the playoff right on what a weird well we will we'll, we'll, college we'll get some other stuff later uh wild saturday night though to have like two teams playing where one team for people who didn't follow it like if washington won then utah would go to the championship game if washington state won then oregon would go to the championship game just kind of was kind of cool yeah, I, I I checked out of the Washington Washington State game. I just assumed Washington was going to win. Then I checked the score was way closer than I thought. Yeah, John, we are sponsored on this uh, Sunday evening, or uh, Monday morning, or Tuesday, whenever the hell you're uh, consuming this, by Tito's handmade vodka. Tito's handmade vodka. Um, I did a swing by Trader Joe's the other day. I grabbed the spiced cider, poured that thing uh, in a like a, a pot, warmed it up, mixed it with some Tito's. Got the ginger beer also from Trader Joe's, who was not part a sponsor of the show, but Tito's is. Put in some of the ginger beer. Mm-mm-mm. Wonderful Thanksgiving or now Hanukkah slash Christmas slash holiday season drink. I went to Nugget Market, South Davis. Yep. I grabbed a handle of Tito's. Mm-hmm. I grabbed a uh, 12-pack of the lime, I think, f- uh, flavored LaCroix. Mm-hmm. And boom, that's what I took into the party. That's where I came bearing gifts. Tito's, LaCroix. And I think I was the only one drinking them by the end of the night. But, uh, you know, we had a lot of women there, a lot of wine drinkers. And I said, you guys, someone to have some Tito's with me. Yeah. And, oh, you know what they did is they made pumpkin espresso martinis. With Tito's. With Tito's. That's, I mean, that's the, the, the pumpkin espresso martini is a good move. That, now, there's also the pumpkin pie martini, uh, which is an option for those of you that like pumpkin It basically pie. was that. 
it was just pumpkin flavored, but it had, you know, the kind of creamy pie dessert flavor. It was very desserty, I'll be honest with you. Mm. A little little actually too much, but I know you're uh, not a pumpkin pie guy, but uh, not hating. It was, you know, I'm not I just yeah, I'm not a huge pumpkin guy. Looks looks delicious. Uh somebody sent me a, a screenshot uh on Instagram of a conversation they were having with a friend where they just predict all the things that we say in the Tito's read, you know? Yeah. It's harder to make, but it's it's they do it the hard way cuz they do it the right way. Um Unanimous judges choice double gold medal at the World Spirits Competition. Check. Chairman trophy for the world's best vodka tonic. tonic check. Uh, distilled from corn and gluten-free. Tito'sVodka.com for recipes. All kinds of great stuff. Do do what John did. Come bearing gifts to your next get-together. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. I had the uh, I had the classic Tito's, uh, Tito's uh, mule at uh, Red Zone. Red Zone, the Red Zone Bar. You remember Red Zone Bar in Fresno? It's quite a place. I, I remember. I've been there. Fuck yeah, I remember that bad boy. I once left. I, I once left Red Zone Bar. It had a different name at the time. In an ambulance, non-alcohol related incident, non-fire related incident, but uh, not ideal. Yeah, not ideal. So it was when I went back. It was a traumatizing experience. But it was, I you, got yeah, over you it. lived to tell about it. Yeah, I got over it with a. T- I ordered. I said, "Give me a Tito's Mule." And we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna take on this bad memory uh, head on. Yeah. So excellent. We also brought to you by butcherbox.com slash ham. Butcherbox.com slash ham. Butcherbox.com slash ham. Butcherbox.com slash ham. We're starting on Monday. Butcherbox, if you're watching this thing, you're like, oh, that's free ribeyes. No, starting on Monday, it's ground beef, John. Ground beef for life. Ten bucks off your first order, butcherbox.com slash ham. Yep, butcherbox.com slash ham. Use the code ham. Here's what you do. You go to ButcherBox. You curate a, uh, a box. You either let them do it. You do it yourself. From ground beef to ribeyes to T-bones to ribs to chicken. Guy, they have it all. We love our meats. I know if you're listening, you love your meats. Mm-hmm. Go get ButcherBox. They send it to your doorstep. You don't, you don't have to go into Trader Joe's or Safeways or Albertsons or Nuggets. They send you the meat. So it, it, it doesn't get any better. You and I have been longtime partners with ButcherBox. We've used ButcherBox. We've eaten ButcherBox. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan, always have, and I, uh, I swear by this brand. ButcherBox.com slash ham. Sign up there. Our listeners get free ground beef for life, plus 10 bucks off your first order. Ground beef for the life of your membership at butcherbox.com slash ham and code ham. It's a two-parter there to claim this deal. Butcherbox.com slash ham code ham. All right, John, let's talk. Uh, 49ers uh, gave us a lot to talk about today. Uh, the NFL, college football, gave us a lot to talk about today. Uh, weird day for the Niners. Some injuries to get to. But at the end of it all, they won. Seahawks lost to the Raiders. Niners already had the head-to-head tiebreaker with Seattle, so they were in first place um, by that measure. But now they are a clear game clear of Seattle. After starting three and four, Niners have taken over the NFC West with four straight wins. Yep, and I mean, are sitting, I mean, just kind of in control, right, of that three seed because Tampa fucking lost today to the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Jacoby Brissett's last start, Stefanski pusses out, doesn't go for two. Somehow they still win in overtime. Pretty insane, but it's pretty clear. Whoever wins this division, we're doing this before the Eagles play, but even the Eagles have multiple more wins than the Niners. 
That's not even assuming that they're going to beat the Packers, who Aaron Rodgers, as a doctor, told me Wednesday, a doctor in the loop, who said, you know what? My friend is the Green Bay Packers doctor. Okay. You know, because the elite doctors all kind of know each other. This guy's a golfer. He golfs my brother. He said, he's been telling me for a while Rodgers' thumb is all fucked up. And it kind of came out today that he can't grip it. So I would expect the Eagles to win. I don't know if the Niners can catch the Vikings, but I think it's pretty clear you win the division, which they got that one game cushion. They they have not lost a division game. You're sitting at the three seed, uh, which, you know, I guess you probably missed the Cowboys. So you're getting like a Commanders. You're getting a Giants. Hell, you might get Seattle again. I, I like that group of teams that you would play as, as the 6-3. You would rather be the two because then you get to double down, right? You get two home games, basically. Um, but I think it's going to be pretty tough. I, again, I, I, I'm talking about second and third seed. I think given where they were three or four weeks ago, being in the clear-cut three seed in the NFC feels pretty good. That's a home playoff game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I, look, I don't think anybody should be afraid of Minnesota uh, by any stretch of the imagination. They got the, they got Mike White and the Jets coming up. I mean, that's gonna tough. That's a tough game. Yeah. Well, they got they've got some weird games coming up. Actually, Minnesota. They've got a bunch of versions of because they play the Jets, played a bunch of weird games. They play the Lions, who will play good. Them, played a bunch of weird games. They play the Colts, weirdos. They play the Giants, weirdos. Like they've got game. Oh, and they play the Bears at the end of the year, weirdos. They also play the Packers. So, but all that said, well, like Rodgers and Fields could be both on IR for it could games. be. I mean, I, I think there's a realistic chance at this point that Minnesota's what thirteen and four. Yeah, it feels like twelve and five is probably at minimum what they are. And I, the Niners, don't really feel like a twelve and five team. If I was, they go three and three the rest of the way, they're twelve and five. The Vikings. Yeah, I, I would put them at that minimum. So yeah, thirteen. You're right, thirteen probably thirteen, twelve to thirteen. Which is you start, you guy, you start nine and two. You you just you're you're going to twelve minimum, right? Yeah, I'd prefer. I, I now that said, I would feel very differently about you know Minnesota. Do I think the Niners' ceiling is higher than the Vikings? I do, but I think playing Minnesota in Minnesota is very different than playing Minnesota at home. It's a much more challenging game to go to Minnesota. Skull, skull, skull. Right? I mean, it's like home field advantage is going to really matter to Minnesota. Yeah, that's a big swing game, right? Because the Niners beat the shit out of them. Now, they're a different team, obviously a different coach, but the Niners benefited a lot from Minnesota rolling it. Now, that was also a different time. Uh, I guess the Niners were the one seed in 19, right, when they went to the Super Bowl. But it, it is, I wouldn't say a disadvantage, but w- one thing that the two seed no longer gets a bye, so you're both playing that weekend. I was kind of looking on Thursday. I was a little toasted. And uh, when the Patriot Minnesota game was going on, I was trying to figure out it's hard because the like five, six and seven kind of move in both conferences. It's hard to know ex- the exact playoff matchup. Like yeah. who's going to be the Monday night game? <laughs> uh, like you're talking about the first, the wild card weekend. Like if I told you Niners giants were playing, like I would say that would have some Monday night potential because the Cowboys are also playing. You'd have other, you know, you'd have, like the Patriots, the Jets, you know, you'd have a lot of other games to put throughout the weekend. So do you think it's safe to say the Niners wouldn't end up on Saturday, that there's enough weird matchups that they... But it's also like, did they put the Rams and Cardinals last year on Monday night just because they're like, fuck it? Or did they think that was a sweet matchup? I I don't know. I I don't know the mindset on the Monday night game, but I do think you want to avoid that thing at all costs, right? Yeah, playing on a short week. Yes. 
that you got to win that game. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, you, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, you, I guess if you play Monday, you know you're going to be playing Sunday. But remember, the, we, the, uh, the Rams played Monday night against the Cardinals, and then they had to travel to Tampa, I think, at the 10 a.m. kickoff, remember, on uh, on, on the Saturday? Sunday. On Sunday. You know, they played Sunday, but... Do, do, did you, when you were looking at it, did it show you the networks for what the... No, I, I just pulled up the the two conferences and we're trying oh, to figure out the games. Yeah. I wasn't thinking like ABC, CBS, Fox. Right. Yeah, uh, it's you know it's <laughs> there was one game between winning two teams with winning records on Sunday. That was the Titans Bengals game. That I saw you. I saw, I saw you tweet that. Yeah. Well, it's just it's like it's like this every week. It's like three. If you get four games between teams with winning records right now, that's I think that's the. I think just thinking back over the I've I've been checking every week for like four or five weeks. I think the most we've had is four. I will say this though. And and there were no buys this week. Like every watching playing. I only really watched overtime Seattle Raiders, so I can't claim to watch that, but I've watched the Raiders all season long. And watching the Saints, who were both, you know, three, four win teams. Like you watch those two teams, they do have a lot of good players in a lot of positions. Right. I, I think there are going to be some teams this year that win five or six games. And you go, that's actually not like just some shit team. Like I've seen the Niners go five and eleven and been like, that team was fucking terrible. And I like the Saints, they're gonna win six games this year. And they probably go, we weren't as shitty as our record quarterback play, some games. Now they don't have a it's a disaster. Same with the Raiders, right? The Raiders are gonna end up going at best seven and ten, six and eleven. And they go, God, how the fuck did that happen? It's like, yeah. well, you lost a lot of basically field goal games, right? Like <laughs> Three swing games you lost, and that's yeah. the difference of going seven and ten and ten and seven or nine and eight. Joe says there's six games next week, teams with winning records. Yeah, my point in in doing that stat is not even I'm not saying when I wake up and I check it, like all oh, the games are gonna suck today. For example, Arizona, bad record, right? They lost crazy game, four and eight, Chargers. I knew when I checked the schedule today, that would be a game worth watching, right? But the but the Chargers are a good example, right? They don't count because they're five and five. Right. But there wasn't even a game between two teams that are 500 today. <laughs> yeah, if, I, if I lowered the bar to 500 teams, yeah, it I, see, I hear that. what you're saying. But whatever, I'm not saying it's not fun football. I'm just saying it's like what made me think of it when you're talking about projecting the postseason, there's just not seven, quote unquote, there are years where you're like, there's eight playoff teams in each division. This is not one of those years, right? Tampa Bay at five and six is still in first place in the South. What's why my, my only take like next week is Washington seven and five. They play the Giants twice in a row coming up. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's going to be a big game for the Niners, obviously. But yeah. it, my only thing with this game was like, just find a way to win. Find a fucking way to win. It was going to be weird. Kyle said it on the broadcast. We didn't really practice all week. Friday was the first time we really did anything physically. Just find a way to win. Because I was watching some of the Miami game. Like they look pretty awesome. Then clearly it's just. Thanksgiving week, I, I just give you – I don't expect perfect football because it's just – I know you gave them basically Thursday off. Guys are screwing around. The home team, it's just – you probably got family in town. You just had to win this week. Like this – the game they played today, defensively, they could probably hang with anybody, obviously. But, like, Miami's going to take a different level effort, especially from the offense. But today, to me, was just if, – if the score ended 9 nothing, 9-3 – 13 to 10, six. If at one point it was like, you know, it's 13, nothing. If they score here and you win 13 to seven, it's not going to look great, you know, on paper, but who gives a shit, right? This is not Ohio state, Michigan, where you're kind of playing for some style points too. And 
once you start getting blown out, like, sorry, Ohio State, we don't take you seriously anymore. Just find a way to win. And they did, and now they're – the only thing that matters now is, like, they're 7-4, and four, which a month ago you would have been like, you know, it's going to be kind of hard to get there. Yeah. And they got there. And, they, and they've blown out, to me, the Rams and the Cardinals. Like, we've seen it when they're rolling – they can look pretty good because we know their defense is hard. You're not scoring on them. It's just going to be, can their offense score points? Today, they obviously didn't. So the game, like today's game, I thought, you know, wasn't the most exciting thing I've ever seen. No, uh, I was pretty, pretty confident. I texted you. We can we can, we can, can uh, check the timestamp on the text. After the Niners recovered the fumble on the opening drive, yeah, these three points are going to feel good for the Niners, like sarcastically. They get the three points, and I, I, I've I, seen this game. I'd, I'd watched that game before, 30 times before. I'd watched the game when the Niners were bad. I've definitely watched that game under Shanahan where you make a couple plays, and then you just – everything kind of stalls out. And maybe part of it is what you said. Short week, coming back from Mexico, that takes a lot out of you. Not just coming back from Mexico, coming back from Colorado Springs, which you know was, I think, a, a taxing trip just because it was so cold, a lot of travel. And like you said, the Thanksgiving, so that that's a little makes it for a little bit of a different week. So it was just find a way to win, as you said to me before we started the stream. For the Niners' perspective, playing the Saints, that was good. I mean, that was you know Dalton's an NFL quarterback, but he's probably the second worst quarterback that they'll face all year, um, and they needed that today. So I think the injury stuff, which which we can get to, is is a is a different conversation. But I'm not drawing any uh, dramatic you know conclusions about. 49ers offense or who they are based on a game with the Saints when, you know, because by the same token, if they'd won the game 30 to nothing, I I don't think it would change anything necessarily about the way you look at them. I tend to agree. <clears throat> but, and I'm not trying to prop up the Saints because clearly they have struggled. They clearly have some pretty good players and they got some guys back from injury. I thought their front four was fucking, they were peppering Jimmy today. Peppering Jimmy. I mean, they were, I just saw... Spencer Burford's in a walking boot. That ain't good. Uh, he, I mean, those interior offensive line were getting taken to school. McGlinchey was – it must just be nice for the offensive line coach. Like, I basically just grade four guys. <laughs> like, even if 71 gives up a sack once in a while, it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not blaming them. Like, every – you know, Michael Jordan missed some shots. I, I'm just judging the other four guys and just praying to God McGlinchey doesn't get someone killed, uh, which I'm pretty sure he had a bad holding or something today, but – well, Jimmy almost got his knee. I mean, oh my God. Jimmy a couple times got crushed. Um, but like Alave's pretty interesting player. Obviously, Alvin Kamara's pretty good. I don't even Shaheen's not terrible. Um, uh, like that that the majority of that roster, Dennis Allen sucks. Okay. Dennis Allen stinks. If you give Sean Payton that team, even with their quarterback situation. Like they're not four and eight. Now they're not eight and four, but they're probably five hundred team. They're competitive. That hell, you might lose that game. Like remember last year, going into that week eighteen game, it's like, well, you either if if the Saints win, you better win to get in. If they lose, it doesn't matter. And what they do, they blew out the Falcons. Like Sean Payton's a fifteen to twenty million dollar coach for a reason. Dennis Allen's a a DC, and the Niners give them credit. They took advantage of playing a DC. Right. Ultimately, you're playing a team that I heard someone say this, maybe Shred, maybe it was Carissa Thompson that remember when they blew out the Raiders? Uh, vaguely. The, the Saints, 24 Yeah. I've, yeah. And the Raiders, I, I I'm remember pretty that sure, game. only got past the 50 yard line with three minutes left. 
Mm-hmm. Sean Payton gave the team a pregame speech. Or like this, the night before, I think he talked to the team. But like, that's not happening. You know, that's... Doesn't do that every week? No. Because <laughs> I, I thought today, like, the Saints were trying, right? I mean, they were flying around. Yeah, they're defense. fine. They're, they're not... They're not they're not mailing it. They're not mailing it in. They just they let Taysom Hill run their offense. They threw a fade to Taysom Hill on third and goal. What Little are you weird doing. Little weird. So well, well, like when Sean retired, did he mandate like you still got to use this guy in direct snaps? Like, can you just move his position or can he not really do anything else? I don't know. Do what? Make him a fullback? I don't know. I mean, what he's not a quarterback. Same offensive coordinator, right? Well, I mean, Sean Payton definitely called the plays. I just mean it's the same. Like, I think the staff is probably the, the offensive staff is the same. He did have the one dime to Alave that got overruled when Kyle had a challenge that actually was worked, yeah. even though I think that rule is so stupid. But that, that you have to take a third step. It's a cat. Like, he caught the ball. He caught he it. He caught the ball. He landed. His elbow hits, and then the ball comes out. Like, I, yeah. But the elbow, it's a, it's about the fact that he. I get it, but it's you have to agree. He was upright, so if you're falling to the ground, you have to. Yeah. Anyway, that's the Des Bryant rule, correct? Uh, yeah. You although I think, p- yeah, basically. possess it through the ground. Yeah, exactly. If you didn't possess it while you were upright, if you're going to the ground, so. Um, you know the the Ravens are kind of the Ravens are what seven and four now. If you look at the Ravens this year, and they lost today. Um, kind of a bunch of weird games too. You know, I'm not saying the Niners are the Ravens. But I feel like that's more of who the Ravens are. But they lost the, the Jags on a two point. The Ravens have a five point win over the Bucks, uh, a three point win over the Browns, a two point win over the Bengals. Uh, I think they're probably a three point loss to the Bills, a four point loss to the Giants, and a one point loss to the Jags. At a four point loss to Miami, like they're they're probably they're, they're probably not a good comp for the Niners. They're they're even a little bit more of a weird ro- roller coaster, but and they haven't proven anything in the playoffs. What makes the Niners unique is yeah the respect they're going to get in playoff games, right? They're, they're going to be favored, obviously, whoever they play in the first round. It's at home, but if they play Minnesota in the second round, that that's not just a lock. Niners plus three, right? Couldn't you see that be like Niners plus one? Even yeah. if they one yeah. team's thirteen wins, the other team's eleven wins. That's and a lot of people I think would be on the Niners in that game, just based on Cousins, right? I mean that that primetime game, his coach had to give him credit after they beat Belichick for like, how about that? It wasn't even one o'clock, you know, kind of making a joke in the locker room. <laughs> Wait, it wasn't even one o'clock. I don't get it. Well, kind of like how about Kirk Cousins balling at night? Oh, you know, and the Patriots on Thanksgiving night. You mean in a primetime game, basically. Is yeah. That yeah. Uh, Josh Jacobs, somebody just DM me this uh, from NFL research, research. Josh Jacobs, the only player since at least 1950 with 225 rushing yards and 70 receiving yards in a single game. Can the Niners borrow him? Because uh, they got some running back issues, guy. Uh, sprained MCL is what Shanahan said after the game for uh, – Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey, you texted me after halftime, like, is he okay? And then they showed him wearing like that. I don't know if he had one, you know, like basketball players wear that thing under their kneecap. It kind of looked like maybe that's what he had on. And then he came back in and he had a run that did not look comfortable. He did not look explosive. He did not look like he was 
moving with the same fluidity. Uh, get some questions about their run game right now. Well, and Debo Samuel has a hamstring injury, and he had a quad contusion. So, I mean, he's, in a weird way, another running back on their team, right? Yeah. So, you, you were down to Buck Mason pretty quickly. And I, I would imagine, depending – I mean, Elijah Mitchell, you have a sprained his MCL. Like, he's out. Like, I don't know if it's two months. I mean, it might just be a couple weeks of a relaxation. But, like, he's not going to play this week. Like, he's not – so, when he gets injured and he's on the – Whatever the, you know, where the, they put the Gatorades in, sitting there slumped, and they, got, they were like guys coming over saying hi to him. It's because he knows, like, this is, I'm done for a while. Who knows the severity of it? But, like, so there, he's gone. He's out. Other knee. And now they're depending on Christian McCaffrey, who's also got some knee inter- irritation. Yeah, the other knee. Other knee, Mitchell. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, no, no, I know. I'm just, he's not available coming up against Miami, against Tampa, against, the commanders against Seattle, like who knows? Like I, I would say at minimum, he's missing a couple games and McCaffrey to me was kind of concerning. He just this today, he just didn't quite look as quick. Is it because his knees irritated? I don't, what does that even mean? <laughs> That's kind of scary. I, I'd rather just, at least Debo like coming in is like his hamstrings tight and early on you could just, okay, I can, I, I get it. Like that's, I can deal with it. McC- knee irritation. I, I don't makes me nervous. And listen, I he earned it with that game when he threw a touchdown, ran a touchdown, and whatever, caught a touchdown. It was cool. But, like, there more games are happening now. And he, he was averaging, I mean, almost two yards a carry. He just, there's not much. Now, you could argue today it was hard to run against. Maybe that's why they were throwing all the time, like, from a game plan standpoint. And, and, he, and he is very useful in the passing game for them, right? I will say this: Before his knee got injured, Elijah came in there and busted a couple runs. Yeah, he looked and a he little the, more. The touchdown quicker. run that you know Kittle got the hold on was a great run. Is McCaffrey playing that fast? Is twenty five? Didn't look like it today. He's. Uh, I, we have to go back. I, can you remember the last? Did he have like a hit the hole hard and just pick up nine yards? I mean, Elijah Mitchell is a really good player. That, that's a that's a big loss. Now, I I said this earlier and. You know, I know you just a lot of people like, well, if he can't do it, he can't do it. The reason you pay these coaches so much fucking money, this guy's from LSU. He's been he's been basically not dressing for all season since, I don't know, week one, week one or two. I mean, he hasn't played like hopefully he's improved and he's got to be ready to go because you drafted this guy. This guy wasn't a six round. I'm talking about Ty Davis price. Like he's they might need something out of him because one thing they kind of lack McCaffrey runs hard like Mitchell's just goes, you know, and Ty Davis price part. Hell, Mason today was running hard. They they need guys that run hard. So I think Ty Davis price is going to get some looks this week in practice. How would he not? (laughs) How would he not? Also bad news, John Raheem Mostert is hurt. Uh, did not uh, play today. And Jeff Wilson Jr. Got hurt today. So the Niners are (laughs) really thin at the position. Actually, that's not terrible for the Niners playing the Dolphins coming up. And, and, And this is where. And Kyle said this when they did it. He said it was hard, but I, I I had to be like I understood talking to the front office about short term and long term. But you were the biggest advocate of like this is borderline nuts when you factor in the injury history of these guys. Yeah, and I didn't like trading them because it goes a couple weeks. You're like, holy shit, this one two combo, best one two combo in the league. And then boom, today it's like by the end of the game. One guy's out for the foreseeable future, and the other guy clearly ain't right. 
and an undrafted free agent's getting the carries. And my gut says that on that pitch play late in the game when they were trying to run up the clock and McCaffrey looked like he was running like me or you, I would be stunned if Kyle, if Anthony Lynn, like, hey, guys, we got to get this guy out of the game. Yeah. This is not safe. Let's just we'll just live to play another week and see if we can get him. Put the little guy in there. And he came in, he ran hard, he finished out the game. But McCaffrey was running on fumes on that knee, clearly, which yep. is – and maybe it's just as simple as, like, something's off. You know, it's not stable. You know, I mean, it happens a lot. What, in that's basketball. not simple. What does that mean? Well, I just mean, like, he's uncomfortable. It's yeah. You know, sometimes in practice you get to kind of run it out. Like, in a game, it's just – Get back there, 27, blah, 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 and then you call the play, and then you hand it off. It's like, fuck, I don't even, I'm not even that confident in this thing right now. Right, right. No, I, I it was a little, uh, now you, you know, you take every opponent, you give them the respect that an opponent is due. And, but you and I, early in the game, I'm like, God, if Debo's got a hammy, do you need to be riding him the way it looked like they were trying to ride him early on, running the football? Now, he made some great plays, and maybe Debo just, you know, maybe it's not going to get any worse and Debo can just play through it. I don't know if it was the hammy or did he bang knees with somebody that had him down in the end zone, uh, whatever it was. I, I thought I thought Debo actually put together a pretty good performance today considering you know his physical condition. But if for anyone that didn't see the play we're talking about, I don't have the exact time on it, but late in the game, the, I, the last McCaffrey carry, it just looked uneasy. That's the, it just looked like he didn't trust it and he didn't quite know what to do. And it looked slow. Steps looked little. It, yeah, it looked, steps, they were re- very choppy steps. <coughs> so I mean, Jordan Mason but, came in and in five carries had seven yet less yards than McCaffrey today. Now, it was toward the end of the game. Maybe they were gassed, but... I also think, to be fair, like Christian, uh, he makes one or two catches a game that is just a, a bailout for Jimmy. And, you know, is, is the reason that Juwan Jennings has six catches because he's out there with... Ayuk and Debo and Kittle and McCaffrey, that type of thing. It's probably a contributing factor. But yeah, I mean, you traded what you traded for Christian. Um, you want to be a game breaker, like like he's been at times. So he was wide open on the one play where he went to Jennings. Jennings got stuffed to the was one. Was that gonna be a touchdown? Well, I mean, uh, they didn't show a replay where you could see the other side on the back of the end zone, but Mark Sanchez claimed that there wasn't a soul over there. He was wide open. I wonder if the first look is Jennings against that corner that they thought like he could just physically man him right at the one yard line. Just a good tackle. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You're talking about the play where Jimmy never looked at him. I'm ta- Yeah, I'm talking about the play where he just comes out of the backfield. He would have walked in the end zone and they don't really show a great angle. But Sanchez like there wasn't anyone over there, but he goes to Jennings. Yeah. who Physically, I mean, I'd like his chances to kind of just gain a yard against a corner. But yeah, he didn't. Why wasn't that route into the into the end zone would be a question. I thought you were talking about the play where in the second quarter, McCaffrey beats Honey Badger down the sideline and Jimmy overthrows him by 12 feet. He overthrew him by four yards. Wasn't even close. Touchdown. That's <laughs> when we talk about with you getting these arguments about Garoppolo's ability to throw the deep ball. And it's like you saw the the like fake bootleg where he stops and just fires the ball over the middle to Ayuk. That's not the play I'm talking about. I'm talking about over the top throws. That require touch. He does not. It's just there are things Jimmy does well. I'm not harping on, I don't, you know, whatever. This is just part of the deal. That is one of his weaknesses is he does not throw that ball well. Should he, he install the car lollipop? Because you basically either hit the guy or it's so underthrown that it creates a PI because the DB just wipes out the offensive player. Maybe it, it, the, the lollipop, unless it's way down the middle of the field, 
on the corners doesn't end up in that many interceptions. Well, didn't he throw – was it the Tennessee game? What, what, no, he missed – there was the game this year. Oh, was it Croft where he just threw like the – Yes. He just stopped – like it's not going to be a touchdown, but it's also not going to be an incompletion. feels like when he throws it to try and be a touchdown, it's just not getting caught. I think he needs to implement the lollipop. And that would have been – you know, McCaffrey – with a good throw on McCaffrey, again, I don't know where the safety well, was. Well, the safety was kind of coming, might still tackle him, but that's a cuts it back. 35. Yeah, who exactly. Maybe cuts it back, maybe does a little 360. That's pre-knee irritation. Yeah. That's when so, he looked good. So, But you're right. I, I do think it's almost kind of underrated. When you see Mitchell run, you go, holy smokes. Like, this is a number one running back. Here's the and problem. He just, he Has he already up. established now through two years that, like, you just can't pencil him in as your starting running back all season. Oh yeah, but I mean, I mean yes. They've already taken that tactic in right because they keep drafting guys and trading for guys, so it's not like they don't think like that. But my point is, is guys like him are often the worst in the sense that you go, God, if we just keep him on the field, he's so good. So you just keep holding out hope. Now, luckily, you're not paying him any money, right? He's a he's a six round pick, but goddamn that 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 really stinks. Like that to me is a pretty big loss. Yeah, uh, he missed what six games last year, and uh, what's he played in three games this year? When it's all said and done, he'll play in six <clears throat> games this year, maybe. Not ideal. No. Uh, on the stream, John, comment from Lucas. The Rams might genuinely give the Lions a top three pick. Yes, they might. We got some other stuff to get to, but I do think this is one of the fun topics of the week. Right now, after this past Sunday of football, the Lions are drafting third with the Rams pick because the Rams are three and eight. And the Seahawks are drafting fourth with Denver's pick because Denver's three and eight. And Philly's drafting seventh with New Orleans's pick. So you have three teams in the top 10 who have better records than the teams whose top 10 pick they have. Think about that. Denver's might be just as bad as the Rams, even though in theory it doesn't feel like they should be, but they are. <clears throat> like they, they're bad. They're, they're fucked. That's, that's a fun. It's going to be a fun draft for those two teams. They they hit they they struck oil. The thing with the Rams is like you watch them you go when are how are they going to win what games are they are they winning any game are they going to win at all? No. Down the stretch, right? So if you're Detroit, you're just <clears throat> ideally for you if you're Detroit you got you you like, you know, Houston ahead of them could draft a quarterback. Do you think Houston takes a quarterback number 1 overall this year? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. So that's great news for Detroit. Unless they're going to, it doesn't feel like Detroit's going to draft a quarterback, right? Uh, I mean, I could see them really liking Will Levis. Tough physical guy. Yeah, I guess you got two picks. You could use one on the I, I think they would take a quarterback really high. With the, and then with you could the, use with the that. first pick? Yes. Because my point being, like, I wondered, you end up in a spot where you can take the best non quarterback available, right? Like, I don't know if you could be bad enough to get, if the Rams are going to be bad enough for you to get Will Anderson, but. You just took Aiden Hutchinson. <clears throat> you have this other pick. I think if you really like one of the quarterbacks, I think you just take him there. Again, you got to really like him. We'll see how it all shakes out because it does feel like there's just Bryce, who's awesome, 
Now he's small, but I, how does he not end up going number one if you're the Houston Texans? It's just an easy one. Yeah. Uh, and then Will Levis. I mean, CJ Strouds came fucking back to earth. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy this year. There's really no competition for Caleb Williams. He's just going to go win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably they'd send Bryce probably to the yeah. You got to send somebody else. I, <laughs> I I think Bryce Young's had a pretty remarkable. Oh yes, game. absolutely. I think you just send those two. I saw someone's like, you know, I know he got hurt, but he had a pretty incredible season too. It would be Hendon Hooker just out of respect. You just send him to Blake Corum out of respect. Problem is the other guy started running the ball pretty good. Like that unit was the whatever the. Award goes to the best Joe, offensive Joe line. Moore Award, yeah. They won it last year. They're clearly yeah. one of the best again this year. Yeah, they're These fine random list. other dudes that Harbaugh grabbed and threw in front of Rinaldi uh, ran for like two bills. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, I like Blake a lot. He's a good player, but I just saw the other guys running right down their throat too. I would just send five guys every year. You know, they don't do it that way. But all right, more stuff to get to before we do, John. Let's tell the people about our friends at TommyJohn.com slash ham. Welcome to the pod. I got a bunch of Tommy John stuff sent to me, as did you. And then I realized, wait, I already have a bunch of Tommy John stuff. Uh, a lot of th- I wore some Tommy John underwear uh, on Friday, actually, John. Uh, Tommy John Cyber Monday sale is on right now. Get 33% off everything plus free shipping at TommyJohn.com slash ham. It's one of Tommy John's biggest sales of the year. I got a half zip. I got a jogger. I got some underwear. It's fantastic quality. Feels cozy. Fits well. TommyJohn.com slash ham. You know what I thought before we got linked up with them is they just did underwear. I was like, Tommy John underwear. Mm-hmm. And then they sent us joggers. They sent us half zips. I was like, they got incredible, comfortable stuff. Tommy John for the win and uh, can't recommend it enough. And like you said, shop Tommy John Cyber Monday sale now. Get 30% off everything. Guy and I, half zips, joggers, plus free shipping. So you get 33 33- 30% off everything plus free shipping at tommyjohn.com slash H-A-M. It's one of Tommy John's biggest sales of the year. 30% off everything plus free shipping. How do you beat that? At tommyjohn.com slash ham. See site for details. Oh, by the way, John, you maybe get a jump on uh, some holiday uh, gifting too. You know, stock, great stocking stuffers and actually better than stocking stuffers. Just some great gifts. tommyjohn.com slash ham. 33% off everything, plus free shipping. TommyJohn.com slash ham. ButcherBox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get to more like it. 
And I sent him the Lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time to top it off the performance package throws in two free gifts boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping manscaped.com code ham when things get hairy make sure to call on manscaped in clutch time get on the prize picks app just like me and use the code ham 50 for a first deposit match of up to 100 football season's over But hoop season is getting hot, tournament season, or the fight for playoff home court. There's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not Not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but... I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use game time. You just download the app on your smartphone and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel, vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to Tecovas, 
tecovas.com and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin designed, Texas tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of tecovas and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. And it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Oh, so here we are halfway, uh, not halfway, but shout out. D'Amico game, you know, say what you want about the Saints offense and it's lacking, but that was an incredible game. That game, you know, the Niners created plays that created a a shutout, including the the goal line fumble by Hufunga, who was flying all over the place. Fred Warner was flying all over the place. I just typed in 49ers defense. Yeah. And here's something that came up. Four straight games with second half shutouts. You didn't just say that, did you? Ah, no, it's a great stat. Four straight games with second half shutouts. 94 straight game minutes of shutout defense. Wow. Right now, it's to me, their defensive line in a weird way, it gets so much credit. Like when people talk about it that aren't just immersed in it, it's not as good as it's been. It's just they're missing guys. Right, they're just ninety-seven. And then they got a lot of random guys. Armstead's nowhere to be found. Samson's now been banged up for a couple of weeks, but the second dairy, like the the back seven, which the front seven, the linebackers are always included, <laughs> but the back seven is tackling incredibly well. Yeah. And Hufunga is basically like a third linebacker on the field. I mean, he just such a sure tackler right now. So. Fred Warner does not miss a tackle. Greenlaw's been fantastic. And then Hufunga basically is like the third of those guys. And then their DBs just don't really get smoked. And even if they do give up a play, like the guys get tackled pretty quickly. There just aren't. You watch football all Saturday. Saturday's way worse than Sunday. But even Sunday, like you just see blown coverages and easy 50, 60 yard plays. That just is the Niners just do not give up explosive plays. Today they did on the one that they got bailed out by the challenge because he. I guess technically fumbled, but we all know he didn't really. But that just doesn't happen to him very often. And it's going to be, honestly, this week's going to be fun because those fucking guys fly around. Two are throwing bombs. Mike's obviously not that long with D'Amico, but like went against D'Amico for a year in practice when he was the defensive coordinator and just knows the personnel. Like, this is going to be a big, big test. And ultimately, like, their skill guys scare me more than Tua. But it's a it's a you know a big week for Caseric's boys. Like need a little more pressure than they got today. Yeah, yeah. I I thought they they got close a lot. They did not get home a lot. And Dalton, I thought Dalton actually operated in the pocket pretty well in terms of just knowing when to when to get rid of the ball. And then a couple times, I thought they got a little unlucky. There was one. There are a couple times not like three Niners defenders would end up on top of each other, uh, losing contain John, and. Um, Dalton could just find a little way to leak out of the pocket, but yeah, you know, the, the, I, I think Tua can just make more plays 
A, and B, their guys are just harder to cover for a long period of time. So you do have to get home. Now, what I didn't, I haven't dived into the uh, Dolphins game today. I did see they've, they're a little beat up on their offensive line, I think. Um, so that'll be something to watch for this week, Miami. But I, I don't know. You just know, I, you don't, you shouldn't, there's also a separate conversation, which is you shouldn't have to hold a team to 10 points to win. Right. Do you think Fred Warner should be the defensive player of the year discussion? Because he's not really, but he's clearly one of the best defensive players. But it's it's pretty clear. It's like Micah Parsons feels like he's the leader in the clubhouse. Bosa's definitely in the conversation. I'd say I watched some clips of Miles Garrett today. He crushed Brady on one. His team's so shitty. I just don't think he can win it. I think he had two sacks today, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. I mean, you watch him. You go, Jesus Christ, take this guy on my squad. Yeah. Uh, but, you, I mean, Fred, every time they play, he's a top two or three player on the field. He's killing Crosby. people. Was that a joke? That a joke? <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at the uh, the odds, Matthew Judon. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't really thought of it because it feels like everybody universally accepted that Fred Warner is one of the, be- the best linebacker in the league. You remember that? Where it was like everybody, like two years ago, everyone's like, best linebacker in the league. Tony Romo saying it, just everybody saying it. Remember Rodgers? I think it was the year after that they had beat him, like, and they hit Devontae on that one to win the walk-off field goal. Or, hell, shit, it might have been last year. Uh, on the week three, went up to him and, like, tapped him on the butt and was like, you're the best linebacker in the league. Yeah, yeah. Then it felt like kind of had a down year. Maybe that was two years ago. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then last year. But you're right. When you watch him every week, he makes plays every single week. Fundamental plays he makes. Doesn't feel like he ends up downfield, like up the seam in coverage much. It's like that no one even bothers. But how about his end zone PBU today? Was he nice. has multiple PBUs. He's in the backfield a ton, creates turnovers, is around turnovers. Yeah, you're right. I he's playing like he he does look like he's. I hadn't watched him that way this year, but you do watch him and go. One, one scouting term I used to type in for linebackers that were good at blitzing, blitzing yeah. their burst to close. When he is untouched, or they have a good like some action up front and the blitzer he covers ground like Bowman and Willis did. He is on the quarterback so fucking fast. It's stupid. It's like he shot out of a cannon. Yeah. Burst to close burst to close. And he like closes that. that fucking thing fast. Like, you know, who, who's also great. Who funga on like a screen when he's well, funga when he reads the play, right. Is as fast as anybody. It feels like well, I would say his ability yeah. to in a scouting term would be to trigger on the ball mm. is Second to none right now in the NFL as a, from a DB standpoint. Like it's, I mean, he plays, I bet he's getting a lot of respect in the old school, like guys that played in the nineties or two thousands that are just at their house, texting their buddies, like over a cocktail in their big mansion somewhere. They're like last, last year they played was like, Oh, two. And they're just watching Niners play and they're texting their other defensive buddies that they played on units with. Like, I fucking love this Ufunga guy, man. This league's gone soft, but this guy could have played with us. I just pulled up. I don't. Uh, he actually led the team in tackles today. Who Funga did? Did he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he had six I, solo tackles, guy. Wow. Which is pretty damn good. But like I said, he does not miss tackles in space. How often does Hufunga in a one-on-one position? To me, what makes him unique as a hitter? Like to me. Like the Fred Warners, Luke Keekleys, Bowman's, Willis's, most linebackers that are really physical that KO you are also just fantastic, like open field tacklers. It's just they get paid to tackle. Sometimes safeties and DBs 
that are big hitters. It's like, you know, sometimes they just fly with their shoulders, and if the dude stops, he just come flying by. For a big hitter, he actually is very under control, I feel like, in space. Well, is he as big of a hitter as his hair makes you think he is? Yeah, I mean, he's not John Lynch or, you know, some. Yeah, for sure. He's not actually KO and guy. But I think because a couple times he's been in positions where the flags come out, I, I wonder if he kind of scales it back a little more Maybe. than you realize. Yeah. I just pulled up, uh, P- I just went to PFF, pulled up the tackling grades. Whatever you think of that, you think of that. But I've never spent much time looking at their tackling grades. I tend to use it more for just like, just like raw numbers, like how many pressures does a quarterback under whatever. Number one tacking gra- tackling grade in the league, Tayshawn Gibson, then Bobby Wagner, then Nick Bolton from the Chiefs, then Charver, then Mooney Ward. Those are the top four. Julian Blackman of the Colts, Jamal Dean, corner from Tampa, Winfield, corner from Tampa. The sample size of the corner is probably like with Ward is so much lower, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's got to be. I don't. But he's a good tackler, too. Yeah, I mean, Tayshaun Gibson's got 29 tackles, so you're right. Mooney's got 43, though, which is 10 less than Bobby Wagner. Same well, number of games. <laughs> you think Bobby regrets? Uh, I don't even know who else was trying to sign him. Yeah, I don't. Probably not. He's won his championship, right? That's right. the thing. Like, like listen. Ultimately, Richard, when they cut him, went on two years later after the injury to have an all-pro season. For the most part, has Pete kind of been right on some of the guys they've relieved of their duties? Like, it's like, Bobby, you've played here for 10 years. We've paid you a lot of money. We've won a lot of games. We think your, your arrow's going the wrong way. So we're going to cut yeah, you. It just would have been, but but everything you just said, they didn't say any of that. They just didn't text Well, yeah, they, they didn't communicate it right. That was but the problem. It does feel, though, when guys, really emotional players – feel like they shouldn't get cut. And right, because they got a lot of pride. They think they can still play. No, was, the right move was to cut you. John should have just called you first, for sure. Which, one I'm not disputing that. That's actually pretty embarrassing. Because, like, well, he, he doesn't even have an agent to call, so you actually called Rap Sheet first? Like, that's, come on, guys. Be, let's be better. <laughs> uh, a couple of PIs on the Niners defensively, but I don't know. I thought some of them were... If, if I, I I might make myself a DB coach, John, just travel the world and tell guys, just don't do the hand gesture where you put your hands up right away while you're wearing white gloves and the ref can just see your hands go up. Um, you know, shit happens. I don't know. There's past interferences occur. Like I, It's really impressive in one year how they've gone from being a liability downfield in coverage to being fine. I would say Lenore is dramatically improved, clearly. <laughs> right? I mean, he's, yeah. he's a serviceable player. Safety plays a lot better than last year, and Ufunga's gotten better, and they've added Ward. So their defensive backfield is just – and this is part of the deal when you draft a player. And listen, like people are like, well, you got to give them time whenever you're being critical of a player, which is true. But when a young player is struggling, especially a rookie, <clears throat> if he's on the Lions or the Jags, whatever, we're not talking about the Lions or the Jags. We're talking about a team that's trying to win playoff games. So it's like, you know – Ambry Thomas or Lenore, like this is a problem. But that doesn't mean like over the offseason they won't be much better next year. Like, yeah, but the Niners had to use those guys last year. It, it happens all around the league for people that talk about a specific team or specific players like, give this guy time. Well, what team's he on, right? <clears throat> is he on the Eagles? Because they're going to need that guy to produce right now. 
If he's on the fucking Texans, like, yeah, I'll just let it breathe. <laughs> You're not getting cut. <clears throat> but that's like if Ty Davis Price has to play these next couple weeks, he's got to play. He's got to contribute. Right. It doesn't mean in three years he might. He, hell, he could be. If you tell me in 2025, 49ers starting running back, Ty Davis Price. Very believable. Happens all the time. Hell, he could be the starting running back next year for all I know. But we're going to be like, however it goes against the Dolphins, assuming he plays, which by attrition, he might not have a choice or the commanders or whoever in these next several weeks. Like you got to talk about how he's playing then. Tell the coaches, like, it's not like Kyle's like, give it time, guys. We got three years. Well, yeah, I mean, fucking, we're, we got 60 snaps this week. We got to yeah, make some of them count. He's on a rookie deal, everybody. We're just getting our money's worth. Yeah. Niners have given up uh, two touchdowns in the last three weeks, by the way, since the bye. Since the bye, they've given up three three touchdowns or two hey. touchdowns. One to the Chargers, one to the Cardinals, <clears throat> nothing today. I would say the Herbert thing was relatively impressive, but they were playing, you know, no one was Keenan Allen wasn't there. Keenan Allen looked pretty good today. I know Mike Williams came back, was it last week and got hurt immediately. There can't be a worse feeling than having a sprained ankle. First catch, go up, get it, land on the ankle. I mean, that pain has to be like, fuck me. And then the last two weeks, I mean, they have I like the guy and I think he's a good backup quarterback, but they've played two backup quarterbacks, right? Cole McCoy and Andy Dalton. Yeah. Like you put Herbert on the Saints team today, for example, I think it would have been a little different animal. No question. But you just don't face Justin Herbert's most weeks. No. And even this week, you, like I know you everyone... gotta beat those guys in the playoffs. You 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 win a division just by taking care of your business week to week. For sure. And they have. Complimentary football. Although their their defense is more than, you know, you go back and forth and some games we react, the Chiefs game you you react to D'Amico Ryan's, but I mean, you know, what you started to. Well, I was just going to say a lot of air right there. Well, it's it's weird because today there was not much flow in the game and it just was a pretty ugly game to watch from a football standpoint relative to some of the other games, a lot of action. But I was just thinking, like, if you're an NFL team and a good NFL team, if you cover, like, can it be a bad win? Like, the Niners were a pretty big favorite today, weren't they? Like, seven and a half or eight points? And this day, yeah. Might have got to nine. Like they covered. So if I told you to coming into this game, they were going to cover, you'd be like, that's going to be hard for it to be a, you know, more. you'd be like, it's probably a pretty good looking win. Yeah. Right. But like 29 to 17 is a different type of cover than 13 to nothing. I agree. But there was a stretch in the second quarter and it flowed right into the third quarter. There was no flow. The, the And I get it. Maybe a guy commits a penalty, commits a penalty, but holy shit, there were penalties. I mean, how many plays a day were like, we got multiple flags. <laughs> One on the offense, one on the defense offsetting. We got two on the offense. It's like, oh, my God, stop calling penalties. Let the game just happen. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just pulling up how many. The, the flow <laughs> of the game was, was uh, several were declined. Did you think the Kittle hold was a lock hold? No, I didn't think it was a hold. Then there were back-to-back penalties where Kyle loses his shit on that one. Yeah. Then the Saints commit one at two, three plays later. Dennis is doing the same thing. Kyle, what the fuck? Like, was that the PI? <laughs> yeah. Kind of weak call. Terrible. Uh, J- Jimmy Garoppolo, third time this year, he's gone over 30 pass attempts. He did have one game with exactly 30 pass attempts. Um, but third time he's gone over 30 pass attempts and going over 30 pass attempts. So far this year, not been a great sign for the 49ers. 
coming into the Saints game, they were 0-2 in which uh, games in which Garoppolo had to go over 30. He had 37 pass attempts against Kansas City in a 21-point loss. And he had uh, uh, 41 pass attempts to Atlanta against Atlanta in a 14-point loss. So today, 37 pass attempts. A lot of pass attempts to score 13 points. And um, it's it's uh, historically not the 49ers recipe, but I don't know. Maybe they just felt like they could. They just weren't going to be able. You know, maybe they came in with a lot of respect for the Saints' run defense and did not feel like they were going to be able to run the ball on Sunday because it did seem like it was part of their plan. It was not. Did not feel like it was a reaction to the game so much as it was part of their plan to throw the ball a lot. Well, I think early on in the game, you could tell it was going to be hard to run the ball, so you spread them out a little bit. Like to me, part of the problem was not. You know me, I'm cool with, I would spread the fucking teams out. I don't care who you're playing because your advantage, when your fourth receiving option is number 15, like you have advantages. 11 is really good. And Brandon Ayuk is a high-end player right now. I'd say he's he's better than the numbers every week at this point, right? He, he doesn't get the ball for as much, for as good as he is. I don't I, I totally agree. And... I have no problem doing that. Their problem today is the Saints defensive line was getting after their offensive line's ass. It felt like those defensive tackles were, and they were causing a lot of havoc inside because they were coming right on Jimmy's face. Jimmy was getting peppered. Yeah. I, I, I thought about halfway through the game, like, God, Jimmy's taking some hits. Is Jimmy going to die? That face Jimmy made when he rolled out and 97 leaped, which you got to call the penalty, but. The guy's 350 pounds or whatever in the middle of the air. Like, I'm supposed to fly away. Like, I, I feel somewhat sympathy for, like, there's nothing he can really do. Do you think he was holding his knee as much as just the power of the helmet hitting his shin? Can you imagine? Have you ever just ever bumped in a shin in a wall? Can you imagine the pain? Oh, I, I mean, maybe both. I, I think it's part of it. You're probably just scared, right? You just know, you just know the force of what just happened could have been really bad, and you're unsure of how bad it is. I, Luckily, it connected in the air, right? Not like with his knee in the ground. Because knees on. in the ground, it's over. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good. I I immediately started thinking about if you are big, uh, you know, um, stretching guy. You you immediately thank your your trainer for stretching you on a play like that for maybe making sure that your knee doesn't just snap sideways. Because you start ability. wondering like how long till till Trey can. You know, especially just for the game. Part of it was just the game. Like if Brock Purdy has to come into this game. Now, Jimmy threw a, almost a pick six that got called back because of penalty. Because High of penalty. effort on Jimmy to get over there, though. He sprinted his ass off. He did, and then there was a penalty, and, and it was fine. But, you know, I, I do a think... T- a little ticky-tack, I'd say. Yeah. Is the, is the guy that commit... Was, did Chris Harris pick that off? Did he, no. did he hold, and then he dropped no, no. down? He just no, committed I, a bunch of stupid penalties today. Gotcha. He's, he's old. The late hit on Juwan Jennings. That was stupid. And then the hold on John Jennings. So, you know, I thought it was a fine. It was a fine. It was the same Jimmy game. It was fine. Uh, he pick six. This is worst passing along. A guy hit a guy in stride. You're right. You've kind of avoided that play. Now you had the. Uh, um, that he got away with. Was it? Was that on the goal line? No, that, that was in like the middle of the field where Kyle Juszczyk turned into like uh, oh, yeah. Laird Hamilton's wife. He flew up there and he hit that spike 
like he was playing Misty May to win the Trainer. Olympic gold. <laughs> he went woof. <laughs> and even then it's still kind Gabby? of bouncing almost. Gabby? Is that whoever Gabrielle? Laird's whoever Laird's wife yeah, is? I think it's Gabby, right? Misty and Gabby, yeah, I don't know. No, M- Misty's partner is uh the she went to Tom Brady's high school, Sarah High School. Again, I, you're, I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about here. No, so you're, just, no you're on point. You're not saying anything wrong. Uh, I'm just trying to remember. Gabby Reese, I think, is, is Laird. And then... Misty May, and what's the what's her, her playing partner's name? From Jay Sarah. Carrie Walsh Jennings. Yep, there we go. See? It was, a fi- it was fine. It was the same game. He's he's gonna you know what because when he threw that pick I thought oh here we go and then I thought people throw interceptions he just hasn't really lately right the one that Uzcheck spiked Johnny hasn't as, thrown a pick since the Chiefs game as he's getting hit he's closing his eyes <laughs> the ball goes kind of lower perfect skip like a golf ball off a rock and just elevates so high I mean the Niners. You, that was as instinctive of a play by Juszczyk as you're going to see. He saw that thing, and mm-hmm. he went with a fucking backward hand to spike that mm-hmm. with all his might. He swung so hard, he's lucky he didn't hit his hand on a helmet and break his fingers. Again. Again. Uh, a couple other Garoppolo plays because it feels like he's really comfortable. I, I, I'm not saying he was great today or any different today. I'm just saying he looks comfortable trying some stuff, and when Kyle's calling a bunch of – you know, Kyle's letting him do like Kyle is acting comfortable with Garoppolo right now. Well, guy, you can't run the you, you couldn't run the ball. The the he's going down and somehow throws the football to uh, Elijah Mitchell near the sideline. He As know that guy was down. there, or was that a guess? I think he knew he was there. I do, but that was a risky play. Um, the the play I showed the the thing at the beginning of the podcast where Jimmy points to Ayuk, <laughs> like not quite a scramble, just standing, standing, standing. Go deep, Brandon. And then just lollipops it to the sideline, out of bounds. That was a hell of a play. Uh, Tom Hanks' sign-off was throw deep, baby. Throw deep, baby, which which is was, what Jimmy was calling a shot here. Yeah. The third down the third down throw, one of the third down throws, over the middle through three guys to Jennings was probably his be- Garoppolo's best throw of the day. That was a really good throw. I would say the touchdown throw that the Honey Badger got a finger on was still pretty good because it was high enough to like he had to leap in midair to even touch it. Tough throw, yeah. It's a tough throw. You have to layer it. Like that's always a nitpick when you're evaluating quarterbacks. Like that is the ultimate layered throw at different points of the field. Like that's the thing, Mitch Trubisky, like he's incapable of making. <laughs> and it's right. Jimmy, I wouldn't call him like Aaron Rodgers or like Patrick Mahomes on it, but he definitely can do it, but he also can easily could hit Honey Badger in the numbers. But I would say that tended to be a better throw given that it was high enough where even if he leaped and touched it, it was still going to fall back. He missed on the right side because it would have been easy just to airmail everybody, which I would say he tends to do on that throw. He's more likely the way he's playing right now to throw it over everyone to like hit the Honey Badger, right? Yeah, yeah. But he, I think he really felt he had him. I would imagine they repped that play, knowing that the size difference of Jennings against the Honey Badger is definitely a mismatch of height. And he gave it a shot. Now, you, there's obviously an element of luck that it fell right into his stomach, but 
I, I wouldn't call that a negative throw. No, I didn't think it was a bad throw. So it's a I, risky throw. It's a risky. I didn't think it was a bad throw. I agree. It was um, a cool play. I I I made a note here almost to an interception on third and goal on the first possession. I don't remember. I can't picture the play though. Then uh well, Kit, you know, remember Kittle was supposed to like come inside. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I then they're talking the and Jimmy's doing some of these and George is like doing some of these and yeah, yeah. He's like, well, I thought I was shoulder that way and you know, they're just like. Good thing with Jimmy on the short stuff, like once you're at the five yard line, the ball's getting out of his hand pretty fast. Did a lot of people, he's not throwing like Brett Favre, Josh Allen, 100 mile an hour fastballs, but he's throwing it hard enough and he's getting rid of it quick enough that everyone's still kind of moving to yeah. their spot. He, he had a check down to, I think, McCaffrey over the middle today where he was a he was getting sacked and somehow he got the ball out quick over the middle um, where, you know, his release showed up on that. So, um, what was the numbers here? 67%, 16 touchdowns, four picks. You can't, whatever. You can't complain about that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been efficient. <laughs> John, again, he hasn't thrown. They've won four games in a row. He hasn't thrown an interception in, in the four-game winning streak. I'm not going to overly simplify it, but. Well, it feels like guys on pace for about 26-ish, 26 and 7, and with 66%. Like, it's pretty good. I don't know. Yeah. You think, you think 26 is pretty high? Can you get to 10? I, I think 26 is high because he's at, what did I say? He's at 15. How many games? They got 11, so they got six more. Does he have nine more touchdowns in him? Yeah. What Did you think it was designed that he ran the ball on fourth down and goal? No, what I think is, I think on some of those plays, unless it's a design thing like there is a Jennings, probably a quick hitter. Jimmy doesn't see it or is comfortable pulling the trigger, looks, sees a little daylight, and thinks he can get it. And as most average NFL athletes at quarterback realize fast, that whole fucking comes to a close quick, right? I bet when he looks, he's like, I can get, I, I think I get this. And then all of a sudden, one dude sheds, and it's like, there is no daylight. <laughs> a linebacker takes three steps. Like, there's a reason there's a, you know, you run a four-five, well, you're not that much slower at four six. Like no. you're, you're covering a lot of ground. And also, you know, you need to pick up two or three yards, but you're you got to run five yards to get to the point where you're three yards away, right? It's a long way to go. Yeah, and your momentum's going back. Then you go forward. I think he's kind of got it before. I think he just, I think he got ambitious there. Maybe he saw the Darnold play earlier in the day when he rolled in. He was hoping he could just do like a a barrel roll. Albert says on the stream that Juice slipped on that play, and so Jimmy took off. Check the tape. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think for the most part, what he's doing probably more consistently than he's done in the past, there were some plays today like he threw the juice out of the backfield. It was pretty clear there was a guy right on juice, but it's like, I'm just going to take the completion. I'm not going to force things. See a guy go with it. Like I'm not, 
He's like a golfer that is just kind of playing shot by shot, but he's not like, I'm going to hit a draw here. I'm going to hit a fade here. I'm going to try to hit it over the tree here. It's like, I'm just going to keep this thing in the fairway, keep it on the green. Like, I, I'm not like, I'm just playing this slow and steady. I'm not going to pump four balls out of bounds, which no, in the past, he has been more likely to like, God, he just had a, he just had a day where he hit seven balls out of bounds. I think the one of the fundamental problems is that he's not going to make a ton of plays out of, he doesn't ad lib, right? But he actually does a little. He has been ad libbing a little bit with some success. Um, you know the the touchdown to McCaffrey against the Rams being an example. But I think he's done a he. One thing he does really well, he will hang in the, if he can get protection. He hangs and hangs and hangs and gets rid of the ball quickly. Not scared. But, but one of you know the main problems is just he's not going to hit a hundred percent of this plays that you scheme wide ass open. He's just going to miss those sometimes. So you have to scheme up. If you want to hit two or three of them, you got to scheme four or five of them in a given game, right? And if and if it's a one score game, it's the Super Bowl. It's it's today's a one score game, and you got to hit McCaffrey open down the sideline. He just might. You can't bank on hitting that play. Does Kyle tell his dad that like Mike or Dad, Coach? I can't tell anyone this, Coach, but. I've kept track and I've schemed 75 plays the last two years of running backs out of the backfield yes. on a slow safety or a linebacker or tight end that has a guy by four fucking or, steps or juice that if we just hit 30% of them, we've missed 98% yes. of them. hundred <laughs> percent. He has that stat. We have left 17 touchdowns on, uh, on the field or whatever the number is they have. And it, you know, every co- quarterback misses like, Oh, could have missed that wide receiver. These are specific plays to a wheel route, to a delay on a tight end with the guy wide open running straight. Not like Ayuk's open on this play, Jimmy missed him. No, this play was specifically schemed. Even Sanchez like, yeah, they had that one dialed up. <laughs> you know, I wonder if they shouldn't practice it during the week. Like, does Jimmy get too amped when he sees it happening? I don't know. Ha- but if it even if it didn't hit in practice, if you're Kyle, how do you not call it when you know it's going to be open? Yeah, it's right? just, again, it is he lacks the touch on those over-the-top throws. He just does. He just does. Even though he can throw it, he his ball. He just he just he just lacks it. It just those are beautiful new. spiral. Yeah, this is maybe maybe Christian wasn't running as fast today. I don't know. Well, I think there is, and this is what gets debated a lot going into the draft when you're just talking about these prospects, right? There's like the character and and the wiring and all that stuff. Clearly, Jimmy has all that stuff going for him, right? The teammate and, and everyone loves. And then there's just some like specific skills as a player. Like you're going to have to do some specific skills. Like Jimmy gets rid of the ball quick, right? He got a great release. That's the Niners. Kyle would probably give like a, a toe to have Trey have that release, like that quick, that smooth. I, I would say, is he the most natural? I think Derek deals with this too. Touch is not really their thing. Doesn't mean they don't make touch throws. I don't think it comes innately to them. Talk about Caleb Williams. I think it comes Bryce Young. Like those two guys, it's like these guys have been making touch throws since they were little tiny guys. And they're they're field playing quarterback. Part of their confidence, and I think Mahomes is this too, as ad-libbers, is because they feel when the ball leaves their hand ad-libbing, it's like the fucking pinpoint accuracy I have on the shot. It's like it's going to, more often than not, it's going to be in the vicinity of where I want it to go. 
right back to the golf analogy, like Tiger Woods pulled historic shots out of his ass because he knew he could pull it off. I think Jimmy's kind of hesitant to do it because he's not always comfortable. And I think the loopy throw, why Derek throws the looper, why Jimmy misses so many, I just don't think they're that as crazy as it sounds. They're probably not, and they would never admit this to anyone, maybe to their position coach, but even then, probably not because you want those plays called. They're not that comfortable making the throw. It doesn't yeah. like, and Derek and Jimmy are good examples of like, Trubisky can't, cannot do it. Like, he just maybe like one out of 10. Like, they can do it, but you only get a couple true options in a game. And it's just, it's kind of a coin flip, it feels like when they throw it. Yep. I, I really believe that Jimmy should kind of implement a little loopier ball, like the one you said he hit Dwelly or Croft on. Just because if you just complete that and he catches it, gets tackled. Isn't that way better than the fucking overthrow? Well, yeah. Yeah, but also, you know, being open on some of these plays, Croft was open, I think, on that play that we were talking about. Wide, like, wide, wide, wide-ass open. You loop that one to McCaffrey today, it might not be a catch. It's just be- beating a guy by four yards is wide open in the NFL, but he can recover very quickly if the throw's yeah, not yeah. good. And the safety, could take, for sure. That, that's that's a tough – you're right. It, they're different throws. But I, I do believe when you do throw the loopier pass, I would say pretty consistently in the NFL, there, there's a collision and that gets a flag comes out. Yeah, right? yeah that's true. Because he, he stops and the other guy's sprinting and he can't stop. Charles says, curious to know who Middlecoff thinks is the bigger clown, Cliff or Staley? Ooh, I know this is going to be, this is tough for. Uh, see, I, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a clown yeah. at all, actually. He just doesn't coach my style of football. Uh, but I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a clown. I don't lost think it. Good. Lost to Brandon Staley today for people not. I think Brandon Staley is is much more of a fake clown. Uh, but you know he has a. I, I say this sometimes. I think is it too bold? Like is Herbert a generational quarterback? I mean, I think he's pretty fucking good. He is, John. He's 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 um six six huge arm accurate. I, mean, I think I didn't quite read this. I think I saw Field Yates tweet something like, "Go back and check it." Second most yards, first three years in the league since uh, behind Peyton Manning. But he's also a blue chip, but he's also a leader, but he's also, you know, one of the guys, likable guy. He's very bright, extremely bright, uh, and it translates onto the field. He's very smart. Just zero worries when you go total to bed as a coach. Or a GM, total package. Right? Yeah. You know, like it, he is in the category of guy where you'd say, you know, we love to rank quarterbacks, all-time grades, one, two, three, four, five. But the reality is if you just gave a great team just one of the top 20 quarterbacks of all time, they'll compete for Super Bowls. And Herbert is just – you'd put Herbert on any of the great teams in the history of the league for one of the great coaches, and that coach would be like, yeah, we got a shot. We can win it all. What's the Niners' record if Justin Herbert's been their quarterback all year? Nine and two? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if if he's their quarterback, we look at them like the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. It's not even the re- – yeah, it's like – it's more about – yeah, how, how you, you are just a, you are one of the three contenders every year. You are the Bills, the Chiefs. The, you, that's you're right. That's what's crazy is they've well, got who's that becoming guy. that again. And he physically is not as gifted as some of these guys, but he clearly has it. Is Burrow? Like you see their record? I think they're yeah. seven and two since starting zero and two. Like they're yeah. they're coming. And they won today. Yeah, they're se- yeah exactly they're seven and four. And they won today without Jamar Chase. Higgins had a sweet touchdown today. He looks good. <laughs> he looks good. Yeah. Now that it's weird, you know, a lot of respect for Tennessee. And if you told me Vrabel's looking over a, an offer that he's going to decline, but it's so much money, it's like I don't peek at it from Ohio State. They're 
they're a 10 win team. It's like, how the hell did he just win 10 games? What a coaching job, right? It's not, we just, but every year we have the same conversation. I, I know, but when you beat them, it doesn't feel like beating the Bills or the Chiefs, even though you kind of should get that respect because they are such a tough out. But, you know, I don't know. They're a weird team. No, they got Ryan Tannehill's their quarterback. It affects everything. He doesn't throw any touchdowns. Derrick Henry was two yards of carry today. <laughs> oh, n- no, uh, no uh, mixing today either for them. So, uh, the Jets hate Zach Wilson. Boy, do they hate Zach Wilson. <laughs> Holy smokes, do they hate Zach Wilson, John. Uh, they replaced him with Mike White and won. And everybody was really happy. <laughs> you read some of their quotes. Uh, they loved them. Was it Mort said uh, they've lost confidence in Zach Wilson, which is like, yeah, thanks for that report from the offseason probably. Well, so- Sala had a quote on Friday kind of defending. Defending would be strong, but just saying, hey, guys, his career's not over. He just needed a reset which I think was fair. And there was a report earlier in the week that this decision was not based on how the locker room felt. Like, that that wasn't going to be the sole thing because they all knew the locker room wanted another guy. Sala claimed that he made this decision based on who, like, from a football standpoint, like, is Mike White a better player? Like, will he give us a better chance to win? Not just because Sauce Gardner, all the wide receivers want him. But then today when he was a third, like, did you, I guess it makes sense. I didn't really think much of it. Like, yeah, he's just not going to dress. Right. That surprised me. I Why does that make sense? I, I guess if you are not demoting him and you're giving him a reset, then I guess that makes sense. But that's still pretty weird. Don't you think? Guy, I would say it's borderline unprecedented to be the second pick in the draft, be just a lock starter, and by the middle of your second year, lose your job and be the third string quarterback immediately. It'd be one thing, right? If you're kind of banged up, like he just needs a week. We're going to give him kind of like they did with Tua. You know, kind of going back and forth, but he was injured last year, and then he just became the job. This Rosen, like, yeah, but his team sucked. You know, to me, part of it's like your team's good, so you're kind of having to make legitimate football decisions, right? Yeah, trying to win games. I feel like his career is over with the Jets. His his the players once they won this game, they didn't even have to hide it. Like you text me, like what backup quarterback was more beloved when they came in, Mike White or Jimmy Garoppolo. Clearly whoa, Jimmy Garoppolo. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He was pretty well it's not debatable. He was well liked, gave the team a boost and it was the story Trey, speaks for themselves. And Trey Lance much more liked uh, clearly than Zach Clearly. Wilson. They they don't have a it wasn't even an anti-Trey Lance thing besides maybe one player on offense. This one is not even debatable. I I feel they hate this fucking guy. Well, I saw last week. Did you see Elijah Inter- Moore said he went to the ball and said, I love you because I'm going to see you again. Don't forget me. <laughs> Elijah Moore is a character, man. <laughs> well, do you think he lost where he was so mad is because he hated playing with this guy who could he didn't think could play? Is there part of it that way? I think part of it. I gave you the stat last week. He throws the ball away a ton. And I think there are a couple quarterbacks who throw the ball away a lot in part because you get credit. Some people give you credit for throwing the ball away. But what you're doing is throwing away possessions. You know, like throwing the ball away when there's nothing to do is one thing, but throwing it away in a spot where somebody else would make a play is a problem. And he and Zach Wilson, throw he just throws it away out of bounds a lot, like way more than anybody else. It's a weird stat for a guy who's supposed to be a playmaker, right? So <laughs> yeah. I, 
So there's that. And then, you know, the internet loves to make fun of Yeah, his comp was like explosive arm like Rodgers. Well, yeah, because he was dominating Weber State that year at BYU. Um, And people, the internet loves to make fun of Booger, even though I've heard from multiple people, Booger is like a beloved human being. But the other day, did you see Booger the other day on, what would that have been? Was that Monday Night Football last week or? About when he said he's a rich kid. Yeah. And I saw... But like Portnoy retweeted, it was like, what's wrong? Rich kids can't be have work ethics, you know? Well, Booger's not saying rich kids can't have work ethics. Booger's not saying every rich kid. He, he did say, though, I'd rather have my quarterback be a poor kid, I think. That's what he said. Yeah, which, I, again, like, there's probably some internal – you've been in NFL, uh, like, scouting meetings. I bet that's been said in NFL scouting meetings. Uh, now a quarterback, I would say. Okay. Well, I mean, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. I mean, guy. most of these guys grew up pretty middle class. Drew, isn't Drew Pine's grandpa the guy that invented, or dad, somebody invented, I saw they showed it on the broadcast the other night, like one of the private jet leasing companies. Uh, but it was a Josh Rosen. It was absolutely a Josh Rosen. Rap. Steph Curry grew up rich. Clay Thompson. No, no, I rich. get it. My my ultimate point is, I do think there's something to be said for, I get what Booker, Booker's getting at, Booger's getting at. But specifically, Booger, I don't, even though he was making a general statement, my read on what he said was he's been told that Zach Wilson specifically acts like the things you would assume an entitled rich kid would act like, right? Like that to me is what he was saying. He wasn't saying, even though he said, you know, rich kids, that can be dangerous. I think what he's saying is this guy acts this way and they think it's partly because of how he was raised. That's what he was saying. I thought someone was Somebody like, told him that, I think. I think somebody on the Jets told him that. I saw someone was like, his fucking uncle's the rich one. It's not even his family's money. It's like, I text someone today, and they the word they brought back was pampered. And this is the number one thing I learned in the NFL. You have to treat every player individually, right? Some kids come from money and kick ass and take names. Some kids come from money and are fucking losers, like this guy, I think, clearly is. Some kids come from dirt, right? Nothing, and give everything they have and become pillars of your team. Some guys come from nothing and are just kind of shitheads, right? Every guy has their own thing. This guy's problem is clearly people don't like him. And whether that's a rich guy thing, whether that's an entitled thing, whether that's back to what I said about Jimmy, some fundamental flaws in his game. Like, is he actually not that accurate? Like you said, some of the throws, like what did he actually look like the previous two years when they were playing real teams? The hype wasn't there. Right, he's got some fundamental flaws in his game. On top of his mentality, like is it is it purely the rich thing? I, I know what you're saying. I, I I agree. Booger was told that that's the way he's talked about. You know, yeah. But I think he just purely sucks. Like at football, I saw Richard Sherman say this like last week. He's just terrible. Like he's just an awful player by every metric. He's the worst quarterback. So whether he's rich or poor, if you're just playing like that, like Jamarcus Russell, I think came from nothing. I saw someone forwarded me a DM. Uh, broke down their stats through like a year and a half, like kind of identical. Like it, he's clear, he's just a terrible player. So then you factor in like, if you're a terrible player and guys like you, it's like, you know, I'll ride with you a little bit. Clearly the guys don't like him. And in a locker room, they're rich guys. They're poor guys. Now, technically everyone in the locker room has money now, but you know what I mean? Like the way they, some people yeah. even with their money are cheap. Some people are fucking frivolous. Some people are all, well, did just, you see Michael Parsons today? What he, he said, said, like he won't. It was he said something like, if if I if I see like so he won't pay more than like two bucks for soda. He's like, I, they brought me a soda. It was four dollars. I sent it back. <laughs> yeah. See, but here's the thing: if you're in the cowboy locker room, like 
Zeke gets along with Zach Martin, who gets along with Tony. It's like guys just get along, right? The Niners guys, it's all kind of get along. This kid clearly was not well-liked. One thing I had heard a long time ago is he was bad in OTAs. He clearly was bad this season. Part of it is just if you're on the team and you start going, God damn, we got some fucking dudes now. Like our team's and this guy just sucks. And then you don't really like him. We've all worked with people that if you don't like them and you don't think they're good, how do you take them seriously? I think he just gets to that. Like the money part. Because at the end of the day, like every guy he's dealing with now has cash. So like ultimately his background from a player to player standpoint, like it's probably more from a coach to player standpoint. But like did Elijah Mitchell not like him because he grew up some rich kid in Salt Lake City? Or is it like, I think this guy sucks. I think he's kind of a D-bag. Right? Yeah. Am I mixing my guys up? Uh, Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Moore, and Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, who looks pretty sweet. I I think their receivers, they feel like they got two legit dudes. Uh, I mean, guy, they 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 were all talking shit about him. Defense, offense. It can't be that it's just he sucks. Like he's got to be just a douche. That's yeah. That's the way it feels. Douche. But, but I guess the, my thing, though, the where you grow up, mm-hmm. having worked in the NFL, having just lived life, like I've met cool guys. I, I don't think where you come from determines how you are. It impacts I, it. I, I think we're making very general statements. And like you said earlier, it's very for some people it, it does. And for some people it does not. Right. If you read the Arch Manning article at the like in the offseason. In the athletic, a lot of it focused on Peyton and Eli's recruiting. And one of the things was like, yeah, local reporter wanted to come talk to Peyton. They just they would invite him to the house and he could come in and sit down and talk with Peyton and Ar- and uh, Archie, Grandpa Arch. Right. You're like, saying when a, Peyton was coming out in the 90s. Yeah. Before he chose Tennessee, it was just a very mellow, you know, they would just go meet. It, it was you could call the house and they'd answer the phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they had a it's Peyton. uh it's it's a uh, Bobby so Bowden's on the phone, but I do think like the Rosen. Well, not just Bobby Bowden. It'd be like uh, yeah. you know Plashkey's on the phone <laughs> or some whoever. The Plashkey of the South. Skip Bayless is on the phone. Uh, fine bomb. Um, but like the Rosen thing was like you know is there something that happens where you don't need you don't try as hard? Remember the the Bears guy that got fired for whatever he said about he made he made a comment like basically saying like I like I like uh. Poor, poor football players because they're desperate, so they really play hard or whatever. Yeah, we was. want, we want PhD. PhD. Yeah, poor, poor, hungry, hungry, desperate, desperate. Yeah, yeah. I right? and I think he screwed it up. It's poor, hungry, and determined. I always thought, right, like driven or driven, like desperate. Yeah, but he got fired. whatever. You can be driven if you're poor. You can be driven if you're rich. I agree. I, I'm agreeing with you. It's not predetermined, but I just remember, like with Rosen, part of it was like. Well, does he really need this? Is he really working that hard at it? And I don't know. May, maybe that's why he failed. Maybe it's not. Who? I don't know, right? Well, exactly. Like, I would lean the reason Josh failed. Clearly, he's just not as good. I mean, you and I saw him at practice next to Purdy and... Uh, yeah, Chris Prescott. And Sudfeld. And it was pretty clear he was the worst of the group. Just throwing footballs with just random quarterbacks. Not even Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo. Just random backups and third strings. And he looked bad, right? Yeah. Uh, question on the stream: Who's the leading NFC pass, uh, passer next year? 
I guess because Brady is right now. Cousins? Yeah. Brady I mean, again? He'd be a good bet. Who? Cousins or Brady? Cousins. I, mean, uh, I, I, bet, I would imagine Cousins up there right now, right? Uh, Cousins is second to Brady right now. Yeah. It's Did not inconceivable the, the way that Brady's going. I mean, cousin, couldn't Cousins lead it by the end of the year? Sure. Brian Robinson said, a friend has a big hat company. If you want a big hat, let me know. Just if you didn't see the uh, photo, if you're watching, you can see it. But if you didn't see it, just type in Brian Robinson hat on on uh, Twitter. <laughs> he was the guy who shot, correct? That's correct. Many men. What do you think of the... Uh, me. Came out the, to that song, too. The, it's pretty good. When he came back, they <laughs> ran him out. He played many men. Jack the Real and Ron Rivera, man, they... It looked like it was getting ugly early, and they fucking yeah. battled back. They're gonna be. They play the Giants. They have what's a their record right the now? Giants. They play the Niners. So they're seven and five right now, and they play the Giants twice coming up with a bye. So they're gonna play the Niners. Um, let's just say they split with the Giants at eight and six. They're gonna play the Giants. Then they're gonna have a bye before oh, they so play you, the Giants. I, I kept going. How do you get eight and six? You're assuming a split. I'm just saying that's my prediction. Is they'll split gotcha. with the with the Giants. John, they're gonna play the Giants. Then they're gonna start watching tape on the Niners during the bye week. Then the Giants week, they'll probably watch more Niners tape. Then they'll play the Giants. Then they'll prep for the Niners. They're going to have two and a half weeks of Niners prep by the time they get to that game because they're playing the same team twice in a row. Did you see the unveiling of the Sean Taylor? Oh, did I? Do you think it's that egregious? Like, was it I think it's be- pretty egregious. Yes, I do. Did they tell everyone that he was getting like a statue? I I, I think they said that, like a memorial or something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you just do a wire. So I watched the video. If you watch, like, I just put myself in the moment where they're like, they got this big curtain hanging over it. They pull the curtain, and somebody pointed out, like, all right, it's they got Reebok pants. Uh, Nike jersey, Adidas shoes. Like it's not even. They didn't even make it like him. They didn't put any of the tape on the face mask. It's a. Ma- it's just a mannequin with a jersey that happens to have his number on it. I'm pretty There's- sure too. Like some of his ex teammates were all standing right there. It looked like Clinton Portis was like in the front row, and they just kind of looked. Like I, I think it was. I, everybody's reaction was like, <laughs> "What?" I think he's wearing soccer cleats. Somebody pointed out it was just like some Adidas sambas or whatever. I did think it was. I know everyone just piles on, but given remember they did something pretty weak last year. For See, him? I didn't follow that closely. It's hard to tell when it comes to the commanders, right? And Dan, yeah, that it's like I, I wasn't following the story that closely. And then when I really looked and saw the wire as a human, I realized, yeah, I, I could see what people were saying. It just looked like it. They put no effort in, and they're yeah. just picking the one thing in their organization's history that gets positive coverage. And they keep trying to ride the Sean Taylor thing, and I can't even remember what they did. Remember, they well, did remember nice they thing? did they did like uh, they, oh, they put the, the Jackson Mahomes dance on it. Yeah, they, take a they, selfie on it or some shit. Didn't they do the red rope kind of around it? And Mahomes, I, I can't quite remember that. Just that wasn't necessarily on them. That last on minute. Jackson. I just remember whatever they did last time, like spray painted it. Like, like Dan barely said hi to his parent. Or I don't know. I did think, even though I love like you to. To, when the internet hates something, makes fun of it to be like, you shut up. I thought it was pretty weak. Like, you can't say we're going to have this thing for him. And then it's just a wire. It's There's no, it's not personal at all. It was zero personal. Nothing. Yeah, l- low effort. Yeah, just Which weak. part of like in the NFL, right? It's not like Ron Rivera and Del Rio and the GM have to deal. Like you have employees that can be like, hey. Let's get the statue made or let's get like a legit mannequin that's, you know, concrete. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not in that business, but you have people that do this stuff, right? You have, I would imagine, an NFL team, non-football front office 
I don't know, 75 to 150 employees. I mean, you have a lot of bodies. Yeah. Raiders maybe, you know, maybe Washington football team has less, but <laughs> I I I think what what what's offensive to people about it or like what I would be offended by if I was his family is like you're using us. I think you're using us. Well, they are, right? You're not even and you get like coaches say you get what you emphasize and they're pretending to emphasize his life, but they're not actually yeah. They're not actually doing that. Um, God, so much of uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Oh, I, I mean, I think that's one of the stories of the weekend. Is is he's back? I was thinking about it today. Jim Harbaugh has been one of the most important figures in in the sport of football. I, I was going to say since he took over the Niners, but really going back to when he took on like from the "What's Your Deal, Bro?" game on wh- whatever year that what year was that. P. Carroll, like 07 or 08. So, yeah, we're talking about, what, 15 years now, Jim Harbaugh has been one of the most important figures in the sport of football. Well, I'm pretty sure he beat P. Carroll his first season, right? Like they a 42-point underdog or 40. Yeah, so that wouldn't have been like year three. <laughs> so, that, that yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that was year one. Jim came on the scene, what's your deal, bro, running up the score. It's like, Pete, you can't run up the score when you're a 41-point underdog, buddy. I'm sorry. But Pete, remember at the time, was kind of untouchable, wasn't used to getting fucking shoved around, especially by a shitty program. And Jim came. It did get kind of weird. And I do wonder if it's a more of a reflection of the program than it was truly of Jim. Now, he kept rolling out shittier quarterbacks, and they clearly didn't have quite the talent. He was also going up against Urban Meyer. And remember, when he got there, D'Antonio... Who was undefeated against Michigan. Who? Urban. Remember Michigan State when he first got there was kind of rolling. Remember they had yeah. gone to a Rose Bowl like they they had the best couple years in the history of their program, and struggled against them and obviously struggled against Ohio State. But it feels like these last like even three years, and definitely these last two. If you just watch him play, it feels a little more Harbaugh s team. Just the way they're playing, they have a quarterback who can make plays, but he's not like riding him like Secretariat. Even yesterday, he made some plays kind of out of his ass, broken plays, or I mean, the guys were wide open. But ultimately, they won that game when they started running it down your throat. Like we yeah. we were a tougher than you game, mm-hmm. and he wasn't tougher than Urban Meyer. Why? Because Urban Meyer was like Saban level tough. And the one thing I would give Urban over Jim is Urban probably is a top two or three recruiter of all time, like Bobby Bowden, you know. Jimmy Johnson, Urban Meyer. I mean, it's Nick Saban. Like, he's on the list of top five all-time recruiters in college football. I wouldn't put Jim quite there, right? No. So it was going to be – Urban was always going to have far superior players. That's not the case anymore. To me, like, Ryan Day is a quarterback wide receiver team. And other than that, it's like mm. – it, it was Harbaugh last year that said some people are born on third and think they hit a triple, and he's backed it up now, Right. Is he wrong about that statement? Well, I don't know what Ryan Day thinks, right? I mean, he's he's talking – that's a personal statement to make about Ryan Day. I think it's more less about the individual and go, what coach kind of comes out of nowhere and gets handed Ohio State? Right, like even me, to get this Michigan job, look at what I had to do. Just from a coaching I perspective. I coached at San Diego. That was my first job. Yeah, who – Head you, coaching job. You fucking were Chip Kelly's New Hampshire quarterback – you are a quarterback coach for a couple of years, and all of a sudden, Urban Meyer heart attacks, and you're just the head coach at Ohio State. Like most Ryan days, don't take over Alabama, Ohio State, USC, right? 
It's just not usually the case. Niners QB coach, don't forget. Well, yeah, Niners quarterback coach. And I've heard people like the guy. Um, I don't like him as a coach. Now, he, you know he's 45 and 5. He actually, yeah, he does win a lot of games. <laughs> sure, but in the history of football, there is one game, there are some rivalries where your career is determined by that game. And beating Michigan gets you extensions and losing to Michigan gets you fired. Did you see the stats? The last time Michigan beat Ohio State at Columbus, what was going on? No, like, what was it? Like Jim Harbaugh was on the San Diego Chargers. CJ the last time they won at the Horseshoe? Was 2000. Hadn't won since 2000 oh there. C.J. Stroud, not alive. So you just start seeing these things. It's like sunny day, too. It wasn't, you know, remember last year it was like cold. And he's like, okay, you lose on the road. What's the final score? 45 to 22? Yeah, 23? ass kicking. Because <laughs> like as the game's unfolding, you're like, well, loser of this game still might have an outside shot if things go their way to get to the college football playoff. But not... Ohio State's not going to the playoff. No, after that, you know. So can Michigan uh, lose this week and still go? Uh, it depends what happens. Depends what happens. Like, does LSU win the SEC title? Does I? I don't. I don't. Has it happened before? I mean, yeah, I guess they could. It'd be a bad loss. Their resume is not. I mean, they beat Ohio State. That's a great. That's great. But like, they have Ohio one of the State worst ranks schedules in the in the country. I think. Yeah, the Big Michigan. Ten. It's it's not good. No, um, from that standpoint. So, you know, SC wins, they're in. Georgia wins, they're in. Georgia's uh, in probably win or loss, right? Probably, right? Because that'd be their first loss. Um, TCU wins, they're in. Would a one-win Michigan, would a one-loss Michigan who loses its title game get in over an undefeated TCU? No, TCU's getting in. Clemson's out. You know, the ACC champ is not getting there. Would it would a two loss Alabama get in over a one loss TCU team? Uh, yeah. Like if TCU lo- yeah. if TCU yeah. loses, they're done. They, Michigan no- wins, USC wins, Georgia wins. Those three are in. Would Bama probably be the fourth team? Wait, would you, you said? Does you, I'm saying let's say all the chalk wins. USC wins, Georgia yeah. wins, Michigan wins. All three of those are in. TCU goes down. Is the Alabama in a ten and two? Because Tennessee's now out. Yeah. Feels like I saw Kevin Clark had a good tweet yesterday. Like, wouldn't it be crazy if Georgia's reward for winning the SEC is a first round game with (laughs) Alabama? I just saw someone say today, like, they're a lot more alive than people realize the 10 and 2 Alabama team, given just all these, the way it all shaped out. Because Clemson's dead. The Pac 12 only has one option, right? Right. It's basically who, who does TCU play? Uh, Kansas State, I think. Who's been sneaky pretty good this year. Yeah. I'm rooting for Kansas State. I mean, Alabama would get in over... Yeah, they they get they get in over Ohio State just because the resume's better. Yeah. That's what you're saying? Yeah. Because, like, right now in the eight... Because Ohio State's a one loss. Alabama's a two loss. That'd be kind of crazy. I think the way losing by 20-plus points when Alabama would be, like, lost on a last-second field goal and a last-second two-pointer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Alabama Tennessee would be like, well, we're a two loss and we beat them. You're starting quarterback towards ACL. Absolutely. Yep. Good. Because that isn't that the NCAA tournament does that? Like when you the lose Kenyan a star Martin. player, they can yeah. knock you down. 
which makes sense. You're not that team. Um, anyway, I'm not I, that I guy. You're not here. that guy, pal. That game, um, that game did 17 million viewers, most ever for a regular season game on Fox, most watched regular season college football game on any network since 2011. 17 million people. Do you think part of a game like this, we used to have this a lot when we were kids, is like, and even through our younger life, like in college, like the Yankees, Red Sox, and the Cowboys, 49ers, some of the Niners. Like when there's a buildup year in, year out, and then it kind of flips, and both teams have won, and it just feels like anyone can win the game. And obviously, they're both undefeated. Kind of the perfect storm, right? Perfect storm. Only the third time since 1901 that two 11 and 0 teams played each other in the regular season. In the history of the sport? Third time. <laughs> okay. So it's, and you're basically what, two and three or three and four or whatever the rankings are? They were two and three. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you could argue. And, you think, and Jim, at, don't you think Jim added to it last year by winning that game? Jim has added to it so much by winning the game, but then you're going there. And then I think also, uh, I is it the greatest rivalry in college football? Is it the greatest rivalry in college sports? Yeah. It felt I mean, that way watching it. I think the fact that it's in the Midwest, really, like the SEC's got great, everyone's got great rivalries, but that it's in the middle of the country, I think really helps it. You know? Well, you know what's funny is a uh, guy that produces the Three and Out podcast, Mike. He is a diehard Buckeye fan. He's, he's grew up in Cleveland and he's a big Browns fan and classic, you know, roots for all those teams. And I was texting him. I was like, you know what's crazy is I've interviewed a couple Ohio State guys over the years from Whitner to whoever met some other guys. Like every single one of them was a tough guy. And he's like, bro, have you just ever been to the state of Ohio? It's just like, it's a tough town. And part of it, like ultimately, Ryan Day. Like Urban was a tough guy. Jim Trestle was a buttoned up tough guy. Uh, the Cooper guy, tough guy. Like they've just their coaches have been tough guys. Like Ryan Day's a Chip Kelly kind of Northeast elite. I mean, he's just kind of a softer offense. The way they play, just I could just see Ohio State like they're not as dominant as they were in Urban. So it'd be one thing. Like, listen, games changed a little bit, but we're they, they haven't been blowing people out. Their defense clearly isn't as good as it. He's clearly, I mean, if he would have got, I guess you're never safe. Who knows? But doesn't feel like he's going to get fired. But I guess we got to make it through a couple games, or I mean, a couple weeks to just feel that out. Because, uh, like, Mike Vrabel would not, like, obviously, if Ohio State, if you told everyone at Ohio State, including the AD, Mike Vrabel will take your job next week, they would do that in a heartbeat. He's not leaving the NFL for that job, right? You'd think? Because they could offer him like $150 million. I, I, I mean, so. F- well, I guess FedEx. FedEx, oh, he still owns the, owns the Titans. I mean, the Titans can pay very well a lot of money too. They're building a new stadium. They can't afford to fuck around, right? Tennessee. The FedEx guy doesn't own. I, I think the owner of the Titans is Amy something, right? Arthur Smith's dad has nothing to do with the Titans. He just sponsors them. Yeah, he just sponsors. Yeah, okay. Them. Um, but anyway, the point is they're going to build a new stadium. Like they can't. They, they could easily afford to pay Mike Vrabel eighteen million dollars a year. And if you're Mike, you're like, wait a second, I, I'm, I'm a pro. I'm good. I'm a pro guy. They pro could guy. make him an offer like um, NBA max player, though. Ohio could. State could. Yeah, all it takes a couple boosters. I saw John Kinzano wrote a thing uh, about some Oregon fan that bought an eleven thousand dollars suite for the title game on Friday night when they were up by twenty one points, and then. <laughs> And then Jonathan Smith came back and beat him. Uh, before I talk about that game, I want to make one more but like, point. Who pays for Lincoln's $120 million? Boosters or the or the Pac-12? Like, how, Where yeah, do I they get the money? Boosters, I think. Oh. I mean, the school, but, you know, I think people put up the money. To guarantee think, it. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly how you manage the funds because obviously this, the money comes from the school. But you donate money for. You I would step love up. to really find out, like, okay, the boot because I've I've never really talked. Well, remember, to anyone, like, am I always good for every year? I got to chip in for this nine million, three million. Well, I could see if I'm the booster. This is where I won't blame them for getting involved. Once that coach starts sucking, like, fuck yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> I think the deal at that with that with Lincoln, been on the show before, was uh, the guy. There was the guy who was running for mayor of L.A. Who they let speak. He spoke at Lincoln's introductory press conference yeah i think that guy put up a bunch of money a real estate guy or something uh he put up a bunch of money for it i you know to your point on what your guy said about uh tough guys because it's cold but it's just a tough area of the country it's a blue collar i was having a conversation with um the guy was producing the fs1 games i did guy named adam lives in indianapolis and he said there's a he's like you know there's a theory out there that all the funny most of the funny comedians come from cold places because it's just more miserable, right? Life is harder and pain and suffering kind of turns is what comedy is actually kind of based on. That you don't really get a lot of like, you know, warm weather. You don't get a lot of Florida. You don't get a lot of, I mean, you get Florida, Texas, Southern From California. San Diego, comedian. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get a lot of like, if you go down the list of guys, it's just, yeah. it's a lot of Northeast and Midwest cold We're from places. Miami. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of that. And then I start going down the list and like Googling names. And he was right. It's like a lot of guys are just from cold. You get like Spade is from Arizona and, you know, you get whatever. Some Southern comedians. But for the most part, the guys that you think are hilarious are from Boston and New York and Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Just go Google it and tell me I'm wrong. Rick Caruso. Yeah, that's the guy that put up some money. Uh, Stat for friend of the show, Jonathan Smith, John. Uh, Did you see the stat I tweeted? about Oregon State, down 31 to 10. Did not throw a pass? <clears throat> the last eight and a half minutes of the third quarter or the entire fourth quarter, did not throw a pass. Came back from 21 down to beat Oregon. The only thing that sucks is that their stadium was in a rebuild and not they didn't get to pack that thing. That would have been cool. It was like 29,000 people. That would have been. I've heard it's very loud. I mean, twenty like you think about like 29,000 people is a lot of people. They can make a lot of noise and it's bouncing off of the – because there was a thing, Kenny Dillingham, uh, who just got the Arizona State job, I guess came down from the coach's booth to a meeting on the sideline and then ran back up to the coach's booth. Because it was easy to get down? Yeah. W- was Bo banged up from the previous week? Is he just not right with his ankle? They kept talking about him being injured. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 what happened to him in the um, Washington game. Yeah, the ankle or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So he's not quite as potent running around, even yeah. though they, they were up, like, what did you say, 31 to 10? It yeah. was. I flipped it on. I was like, oh, I'll stop paying attention. Then I just kind of had to come back and do something, and it was maybe 31-17, and they scored again. I'm like, okay, I got to fucking watch this thing. And then the meltdown was just – I mean, it's all-time meltdown? Yes, all-time <laughs> meltdown. Block he kept, Why did he keep going for it on fourth down? So Fourth fast. and one from his own 29. I was t- 0 for 5 on fourth. Jeff Schwartz said he didn't hate it, but I thought a couple of them were. Did you say there was one early in the game that he went for it? He went there fourth and three down 10 to seven could have tied the game wearing like a jet sweep that didn't work. Yeah. You know what I think is cool about that rivalry is like ultimately Ohio state and Michigan. No one goes to the other school and doesn't view themselves as better than the other guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Same thing. U- USC, UCLA, Cal, Stanford when they're good. Right. I know Wa- Washington, Oregon is kind of the same. Washington, Oregon views themselves as equal. Duke, North Carolina equals, right? Like when they're both good, Miami, Florida State. 
they don't view themselves as equal. Like everyone at Oregon State knows like the, We're the hierarchy underdog. of the two. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and the underdogs, I would say, pretty dramatic, right? Texas, mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Doesn't it feel most of the best rivalries in college sports are equals? And this is one where it's like even Iowa, Iowa State. Like I've been watching that game kind of loosely for years. It feels like they're always the same team. This one, it's like there ain't one kid at that fucking school that was offered by this other school. And that hasn't been just the case in the last like five years. Feels like that's been the case for decades, right? Ever since in our teenage to adult life, mm-hmm. the, the the dramatic difference of like they used to able to get these JC transfers. Meanwhile, Bilotti's running this high level program. Then Chip comes, and now Helfrich, and then Mario takes him to another level, and now they get this guy from the SEC. It's like a little old Jonathan Smith, who was a fucking former walk on quarterback. He was just tougher. I mean, it was a little Harbaugh like. I yeah. text a buddy in the NFL. I'm like, this is gonna sound a little crazy because he's a much more normal human being, but for a former quarterback, he has some Harbaugh similarities the way he wants to play. And I think he would play that way if he was coaching at Oregon or coaching at Ohio State or if he ever gets the UCLA job, which I think is a no-brainer. I think, John, you see Leinert, Coward, like a bunch of people were like, because they've been, if you're from the West Coast, you know this guy, right? Right. Let alone. He's from L.A., He's a he was a high level player. The other thing, he's Shannon. It's it's what I we've talked about this for years. I think the the most perfect coach is an offensive a QB guy who is a tough nose, run the ball and play defense guy. That I, that I think is like would be my ideal coach if I was hiring a coach. I want a guy who can work with quarterbacks, but is actually a tough nose, run ball, run the ball and play defense guy. And think how many coaches in football, college or pro, Power Five, or the NFL can win with average to below quarterback play. To me, if you can do that, like that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Because Shanahan does it. Jonathan Smith does it. Harbaugh's done it forever. Most quarterback, you're just more often not going to get average to below quarterback play. He just went nine and three and beat Oregon. It's got a chance to go 10 and three. I mean, that's incredible. And think about this. I had to, I just looked at the schedule because I had kind of forgotten. I remember the USC game. They lost by three. I'd forgotten. They lost to Washington by three points. Could they have yeah. won that game? Yeah. Over here, and Washington might go to the Rose Bowl. If USC wins the Pac-12 championship game on Friday, Washington probably goes to the Rose Bowl because they'll be ranked higher than Utah. They'll be ten and two. Utah's will have four losses. Who so they play? Ohio State. Be, probably be U double Ohio State, which Penn I think State? actually is kind of a good game. It's Ohio State, not Penn State, probably. I yeah, I think it'll be Ohio State. Ohio State beat Penn State and has a better record. What was Penn State? I thought Penn State was 10 and 2 too, but I could be wrong. But Ohio State only has one loss. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like they got three. <laughs> I know that's the thing. It's like, oh, CJ Stroud out of the Heisman race. That's what I'm saying. Like, I was like, Ryan Day's got to go. And then I went to his Wikipedia. And he was like 45 and 4 because the game wasn't actually over yet. So I'm like, wait, he's 45 and 5. <laughs> and he's definitely beat Jim several times. It's like, but the last two years are a pretty big indictment. Because yeah. think about the Dante Whitners, all the former players that were – they were to me, Ohio State guy has always been a tough guy program. Like they have I, not been some sexy like no. scoring 40 for a long time. I, I think it's as simple as you had a lead on Michigan, right? Like as a program, you were ahead, and they've caught up to you now. Now they beat you head-to-head two years in a row. They're going to go to the playoff, and you won't. I think that's the thing. It's like when Urban left – Ohio State had a huge lead on Michigan. Yeah. And the gap is gone. Like, like if I it think it was a that's race, they would have been like, a, they would have lapped him. I think that's why he is in trouble. 
a little bit. Now, I saw somebody do the thing the other day, like if the playoff had been, if the college football playoff had always been 12, Penn State would have gone like more times than anybody else. <laughs> you know? So once the playoff expands, you're still, and once you, if Ohio State's just in the dance, they're going to have good enough players that they're going to have a shot. But maybe they won't. I mean, if if they're if they're physically not holding up against teams like Michigan and the and the SEC teams, maybe they won't. But this gets back to guy in Oregon last year. Toughness is created through your coach. Like ultimately, all those guys at Oregon State, clearly some of them showed up tough. He creates toughness. Jim creates toughness. Ryan and Chip Kelly do not create toughness. Now, when it's all on, they can score a lot of points. Like Ryan's probably a little more modern version. Now his quarterback's a better thrower than Chips, but to me, they're carbon copies of each other. And I would say this: like it's Chip at eight and four actually is a pretty good year at UCLA historically. Like Ryan at at Ohio State, it naturally you're you're just talking to the top one hundred guys just by being Ohio State. Like ultimately, Chip, the school he's at now, has to try a little bit. Like I'm not clearly Ryan Day tries, but he gets an in on all these guys because of the polo he wears. You know, like Jim Harbaugh's recruiting guys or or Jonathan Smith is recruiting guys or fucking, they know what they're doing. Like, does Ryan Day really, or was he just born on third base? And I, everyone's acting like, I think Jim's strictly talking about, you got handed this behemoth. I think you're a fraud. And it's, it's weird because it, again, Jim 45 and five. It's, it's helped Jim though. Jim needed it because he was getting his ass kicked. Yeah. You know, like it, it, like ideally, Jim, you talk up Ohio State and then you beat them. It makes you look better. Yeah. I just think that type, that type coach, though, against remember who gave Chip Kelly a lot of trouble when they were humming is David Shaw and Jim Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. They used to beat them because they, they, they were more physical than them. Ryan Day and Chip Kelly, there's just a softness when that's your offense because that's who you practice against. It's not like they want like to be soft, like they, they use the word soft. It's just when you practice that, well, what's your defense doing? Yeah. A lot of hitting, a lot of tackling. That to me is the question, big picture on Lincoln to win natties, is like, are they going to get the right, like Ray Maluga, right? right. Are they going to get Miles Garrett? Yeah, I mean, I do think the thing with them, they they don't stop the run. <laughs> but they also, like, they create a lot of turnovers. And generally, soft teams don't create turnovers, I don't think. That's just a theory I just came up with eight seconds ago. Right? They lead the nation in, take, in, in turnover margin. USC does. Get a lot of, part of it is they take the ball away a lot with fumbles and interceptions. Caleb Williams plays fucking crazy football but doesn't turn it over. It's incredible. Uh, Caleb Williams, sometimes the Heisman Trophy winner, and he's going to win the Heisman. Sometimes the Heisman Trophy winner is just like, all right, let's find the quarterback on the best team with the best numbers. When you watch him, as you have and I have all year, every single game he plays, he has like four Heisman moments. He was absurd against Notre Dame. It was crazy. Do you feel like that was his most absurd game? And he's had a bunch of absurd games, but I do think that was his most absurd game. <laughs> he had a couple like 360s in the pocket, jumped over a guy, ran across, ran the back. One, like, did you see the one where he ran 82 yards? They like tracked it. Is that the one like, where he kind of fell to his side at the end? And, and then like went first down. Yeah. yeah. But was gassed. I think he's going to be. Do you think they could beat Michigan though? Like if that's the playoff game, the 2-3? I mean, I think everyone's going to pick against SC. 
but they have but it, this. But they that have him. specific matchup, like a physical game against clearly a pretty good defense. Yeah, I think they got a shot because like they have him. Like I, they have him. I know, I know. It just feels like a bad matchup for them. Uh, yeah, well, there's a uh, Georgia would be a bad. There's a lot of bad matchups, but they have this guy that's going to come in. The, I think he's a better quarterback prospect than Trevor Lawrence was. I think he's. I would tip like he's going to be one of the best number one picks to come in the league in the last twenty years. And there have been some really good ones. Like Stafford turned out to be a really good one. Carson Palmer turned out to be a really good one. But he is so freaking good. I, it's he's he's mini Mahomes. Like at a time when everyone's comparing everybody to Mahomes, I think he's the closest thing. Well, I think then we got to root for them to lose in the first round to Michigan because if he were to pull off some historic upset, win the Heisman, USC win the national title. You know what the media would be like? Sit Why it out. Not have to play. Sit it out. It's like, don't you fucking losers want to watch this guy keep playing? Sit it out. <laughs> so we got to root for him to lose. Yeah. Because uh, I think that would be the perfect. They'd be the favorites to win it all. He'd have something be. to prove to win a natty. They will be the favorites to win it all the next year. Yeah, I mean, he'll be by far the Heisman favorite next year. Here's what I would root for. I'm rooting for Michigan to win the whole thing. Agreed. Harbaugh to hold it up. Yep. Michigan and USC to play in just a legendary game, but lose USC to lose USC to be the favorites. This guy to just have a historic year. USC wins it next year. Yeah. You really don't want uh, like, all like whatever. I, just give me, give me, I don't want TCU Michigan round one, like make TCU the four seed. I think it's pretty clear. They would be the four seed. Don't you think? I don't know. I mean, Ohio state's, I mean, USC's behind them right now. They're the three seed right now. Now USC will have a better win in their title game, right? I I think it would be a little bit like how they used to do to Boise and TCU, make them always play each other in the BCS. Yeah. Like TCU will let you in. You're playing Georgia. See ya. Because that'd be a bad matchup for. I mean, it's a bad matchup for everybody. Georgia's a powerhouse. Uh, anything else today? Uh, David Shaw retired when we were. Asleep. Oh yeah, David Shaw resigned. You resigned Saturday night. Friend of the show. I saw it. It was one of those. I got a text from Shane, from, from our buddy Shane Vereen. He's like, David Shaw just resigned. I was pulling the driveway at like 1145 or no, 1230. And um, my first reaction was I was shocked. And my second reaction was like, yeah, okay. I could see how he would reach that conclusion. It's just been, it's been several years now where they just cannot. And they've tried. He reworked the entire offense this offseason. And, um, He's made a lot of money. He's had a lot of success. Makes yeah. sense. If you had said to me, David Shaw is going to be done, what's going to happen? I wouldn't have guessed they're going to fire him, right? Like you said to me, do you think it was a firing by resignation? Maybe. He's, he's only 50 years old. Yeah. Feels like, what do you think he does right now? A couple of years of TV and then maybe finds. I could see him just do? take it. I could just see him take a year and do like. Little TV Chris- here and there, but kind of just chill for a year. Take just, just the Chris Peterson and not come back because it's hard. Like, what job do you take after you've had that job? Chris is older than him, though, right? Chris is closer to 60 than yeah, he is yeah, 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 years old. Someone, the job in which he'd want a coach giving him a job even after a year off. What's crazy though is he's 96 and 54. But that number was so much better if you siphon out the last couple of years, right? Because yeah. he went, he's gone three and nine and three and nine. And, and even the year before the COVID seasons, when he really 
So they basically four and eight, three and nine, three and nine. So he's really added some L's to that. Like I bet before, you know, the first 11 and two, 12 and two, 11 and three, eight and five, 12 and two, 10 and three, nine and five, nine and four. Yeah. I mean, he was, what was that turning way? down NFL people. I think the argument to hire him. He went to three Rose Bowls and won two. He's got two Rose Bowl championships. It's pretty remarkable. Now, if you look at the 24-7 rankings, they've gotten good players. But I think you could really argue, especially the last the way it was headed, the way it's heading for Stanford, no NIL. Really. I mean, players can get on AL, but there's you know, there's no collective. Um, the portal is a non-factor for them. In fact, it hurts them because getting into Stanford graduate school is hard. And so their players can just they just leave, but they don't get anybody in. They just lose a bunch of guys. Guy Pat Fitzgerald at Notre Dame, who was like the David Shaw of the Midwest, went one and eleven this year. I know. I know. And he, like David, is this guy interviews for NFL jobs. Could you so argue I, that it's just impossible to win at these academic schools? Now? Well, but I would, but David has. That's the thing. I would argue, like, that would be the argument if you're David, right? If you're going to an NFL owner, you're like, look, I'm a very good CEO. I can hire you. Give me the money. I, I just was not operating with the same. I was playing a different game than everybody else. And historically, we have at Stanford. And the years that Harbaugh had and the years that I had are an extreme outlier for Stanford football. And, you know, I, which what you're getting when you put me in a job where I'm playing with uh you know the same deck as everybody else is the guy that was winning a bunch of football games before college football changed dramatically in the last several years that that would be part of his argument right I mean I, I just can't before those guys started going to Rose Bowls I just don't think they were going to many Rose Bowls bro <laughs> did you pull up Stanford football history or something? Yeah, I mean, the last she, Rose Bowl before orange. before David got there uh, was 2000. And but Jim took him to – what was the Orange Bowl? Right, Jim took him to an Orange Bowl his yeah, last year. Yeah, they lost Oklahoma lot. State. No, I thought Jim won a game, remember? And then uh, Reese Davis, one of those guys, asked him if he was leaving on the stage, and he acted like it was a crazy question, and then he left. You're right. Jim won – he beat Virginia Tech. Wrote – Orange Bowl, which honestly might have been better than the Rose Bowl or not. Well, that's why I started thinking that. Like, was it? But it doesn't usually work that way. Was I mean, the they Rose had a, Bowl? No, was the Rose <clears throat> Bowl part of the playoff that year? Well, it was 2011, so it was pre-playoffs. No, I can't remember what happened. They had a pretty unreal stretch of uh, Sun Life State. What fucking bowl? Oh, Orange Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be with probably one three straight with with David. That's got to be one of the best stretches in program history, right? Orange Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl. Win, go two and two in those games. How many? How many times have they gone to four straight bowl games? Period. Non Harbaugh and non Shaw. The answer to that question is zero times. They've never been. They never went to four straight bowl games before Harbaugh and David Shaw. And uh, you know, unfortunately, now the COVID year they were four and two, but it's going to be the third straight full season, which they're not even bowl eligible. How many games they won this year? Three? Yeah, three and nine. Last year, three and nine. So, and and one and eight in the league. I do think the craziest stat of the football season, Fitzgerald Northwestern played week zero in Ireland. I looked at the date, August 27th. They beat Nebraska. And people started talking like, this could be, this Northwestern team's pretty good. They did not win another game till they played yesterday. They lost for three straight months. Oh, and they clearly, like, I watched them one game against Ohio State. It's tied seven. Like, they're not some – Stanford was worse than them. 
I feel, even Beat though Notre like, Dame. you would take three wins over one. Right. But like watching Stanford, they were clearly pretty terrible. But that Notre Dame win actually probably pretty cool. I think you play some pretty bad quarterbacks in the Big Ten, though. You do. The Big Ten was not good this year. You play some bad you would quarterbacks. T- you would take, obviously, three wins in a Notre Dame win on the road over. That's a long season. 11 straight losses. 11 straight losses. When you've like been used to it. feels like a life. I mean, it's in another country, you know? feels like a lifetime ago for those guys. Uh, what did you say? What did you tell me that uh, John Harbaugh texted Jim Harbaugh after he beat Ohio State? His greatest professional accomplishment. I, 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 the actual. I'm just. I wrote it down because I thought it'd be a funny thing to say at the end of the podcast. Yeah, actually, I screwed it up. This was your finest professional hour. <laughs> like he's Truman or something. Which also is like, is that a sneaky ego thing from his brother? Like, bro, I played you in the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Like, hey, John, remember I played you in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I've seen you at the height of competition, and you were better against Ryan Day. I do wonder if he knows, like. It meant like it was weird for Jim to play his brother. Clearly, it's not weird for Jim to do the Michigan or Ohio State thing because all their players go. We we talk about this game three sixty five. Yeah, I'm rooting for Michigan to win it all. Uh, OBJ, poor guy. Well, did he get knocked out or is he like drunk? He said his agent said he just put a blanket on his head, went to sleep, which is what he always does on planes. He always puts the blanket over his head and goes to sleep. I love that line. Like I, when I saw that, my first thing was, yeah, that's what he does when he flies on charters with the team when nobody gives a shit about your seatbelt. But this is Southwest. This is American Airlines, sir. That sucks. That Uncon- sucks. Something was weird. Like, I'm sorry. You on drugs? This notion. Out. I saw someone like this won't impact. It won't. Like if I'm whoever, I'm like, we need to. What, what's go, what the hell happened here? Do you just believe he's getting signed tomorrow after this incident? Jerry might not give a shit. I guess Jerry may not care. But what are we waiting for? Odell wanted Thanksgiving off. He was cleared oh. a week ago, but said he'll sign after Thanksgiving. Well, why do you want to sign after Thanksgiving? Fun week, right? Who knows? He's probably fucking an Aspen, or who knows where the guy was? Was where was he? Where was the flight? Florida or something? Yeah, weekend in Miami. Packers are kind of showing up to play here. Uh, Eagles just scored. We got a Big oh, 12 game really? breaking out here. Thanks. I'll take it. Uh, Friday night. Uh, yeah, we got championship games this week. Fresno State at Boise. Friday night also? No, it's Saturday. I'm ready for that one. Tedford's beat him there before. Beat him there again. It's. I think it's the. I think it's the only time since... Boise joined the Mount since Boise joined the WAC in 2000. When Tedford beat him in 18 is the only time Fresno State's won in Boise against Boise. Wow. They beat they won like a bowl game against somebody yeah. else there, uh, Virginia. Yeah, that's I think, pretty crazy. Boom! I looked that up last week. And if they mind. wouldn't have done the tears, I saw Richard Sherman's like, "When the hell did Pac-12 change it?" It's like this year. Uh, would Washington have been the team? Because obviously you couldn't take Utah and USC because they're both from the South. If they, oh, if they didn't get rid of divisions, uh, you know, I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, do Washington Utah play? But it Utah couldn't have got in. Yeah, yeah, Washington would have won the North because Washington beat Oregon. Yeah, yeah Washington would have won the North and they would have played SC, which honestly would actually kind of be a sweet title game. Has Washington and USC played together this year? I would have rather seen that. Panics. 
against Caleb. Yeah. Is Penix a better player than Utah's quarterback? Yes. You see the double pass? I like Caleb Penix Rising. I like Caleb, uh, Cam Rising a lot, but I think Penix is like a second-round pick. Top. I, I agree. It's like two. Pick. I mean, I, I texted someone the other day. I'm like, I don't think it looks like two to me. The problem I did this last night, just thinking about it, is like there's only like five teams that are going to take a quarterback in the first round this year. So five, six teams, which is a fun exercise. We can do another yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, but... the Niners could trade up. You know? Yeah. I'm sorry. What was your follow-up question? Do you see the double pass to Penix? Like, yeah. He throws he a run wide receiver. Off. Wide receiver throws it back. Oh, because it was it went backwards. Yeah. Yeah. That was a sweet play. You take a knee brace off a guy, Jen. It looks like a different player. Really does. All right. On that note, adios. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.